Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your plug fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to perfume. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Out here in the fields, I fought for my meals. Speaking for the people of San Francisco, serving the great state of California, and with great confidence in our caucus, I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership in the next Congress. America's comeback starts right now. The same folks who tell us COVID's just a flu, that climate change isn't real, that January 6th was nothing but a tourist visit, are now trying to tell us that transgender people are not real. That is correct. You are fake news. I shot someone with a gun. Very fake news. The American people are tired of women. I agree with that. Look at that big ass. Look at that big juicy booty. Shut up, bitch! All right. America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is... A tremendous show. Frankly, the best. And you can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Everyone is poking Trump's Twitter account with a stick right now. Just like the meme saying, come on, tweet something. Do it. Even, uh... Elon Musk is trying to troll Trump into it as we speak, but according to the man himself over the weekend, he will not, despite the much-anticipated Trump Twitter unbanning. Meanwhile, uh, Elon also refuses to unban Alex Jones, but Alex Jones says he understands why and forgives Elon. So I'm a little bit conflicted, and at first I was very annoyed with Elon, especially about the Alex Jones stuff. But in the last couple hours, the memes have appeased me a little bit. We'll see. We'll, we'll try to sort all of this out. Uh, what was a very eventful weekend on Twitter? Plus, overnight, there was a shooting at a gay bar in Colorado Springs. The narratives have already dropped. It's a hate crime. We need gun control. The facts of this, uh, in this case, are changing as we speak, uh, flowing in very quickly. But we will... Uh, Discuss what we know as of this hour. Plus, uh, of course, it's a it's a tough economy, but there's a new opportunity out there. Uh, just be transgender in San Francisco. The city now paying applicants twelve hundred dollars a month cash to correct economic inequities for our transgender friends. Oh, and um, in other news, Trump is running for president again. Nancy Pelosi is uh, officially retired from House Democrat leadership, or at least she will be in the new Congress. 
A special counsel, another one, is going to investigate Trump. House Republicans are going to investigate Hunter Biden. The next civil war will actually be the investigation war. It's crazy how all of these things are already kind of afterthoughts in the week of news. Jam-packed. Plus, uh, we'll get to all the week's crime cases, too. We could have done an entire true crime episode this week. Kind of thought about it. Uh, the University of Idaho murders. Not not far from your neck of the woods. No, and I was in Moscow on Sunday. Yeah. When this happened, yeah. The, uh, the University of Virginia shooting that uh, is already an afterthought and nobody cares because it was a shooter of color with a handgun. That doesn't count. There was a, a another car of peace in L.A. that hit a bunch of sheriff's department recruits. Uh, and then uh, so we'll talk about all those. And then before we get out of here, we have, uh, of course, hoax hate. And tonight's movie review is Dances with Wolves. So stick around. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristiansenmedia.com. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at True Caliber. If you're a hardworking, freedom-loving, red-blooded American, then you're in the right place. True Caliber is an American-owned, American-engineered, and American-manufactured firearms, uh, parts, and accessories company specializing in components for the AR-15 platform. Enhanced end plates, gas blocks, mag releases, bolt catches, trigger guards, and more pamper your rifle with quality parts from true caliber i've installed several of these pieces on my own rifle and i can confirm the subtle things do make a difference so don't get caught with your pants down buying cheap (laughs) chinese knockoff nonsense pull those britches up and count on american quality proudly made in idaho listeners of this show get 15 percent off all true caliber products using promo code g's 15 at checkout that is j-e-e-z 15 for 15 percent off from our friends at True Caliber. Find everything you need from True Caliber, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners. For listeners. Quick announcement. Uh, it is Thanksgiving week already, so there will be no call-in show this Wednesday. That is uh, November 23rd. The Sunday show will be live as usual next Sunday. That is November 27th, 9 p.m. Eastern time. The call-in show will return as usual Wednesday, November 30th. Have a happy Thanksgiving in the meantime. Yep. And I also received a uh, show contribution from listener Darth Grader that I thought was worthy of a play. I've never heard of this website before. Have you? Fake mm-hmm. you? Okay, this uses some combination of speech submissions and AI to translate. It's like deep fake audio, basically. And that sounds, as you'll see, this one you can tell is fake, but I tested it with some other voices. It might not be perfectly convincing. It's pretty good for some other no, we ones. Did. We talked about this like years ago with Jordan Peterson, right? Did we? I can't remember. There might be a Jordan Peterson voice on this particular service. But uh, there's a whole bunch of famous voices that you can choose from. You can enter text and you get a text to speech audio file after a little bit of processing. So thanks to Darth Grader. Here is Donald Trump himself, or at least AI Donald Trump, doing the show intro in the place of me. 
It is a good show. It's a great show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. <laughs> now you can tell it's a little off, but for a machine... It's pretty good. It's not that bad. And if you're curious what other voices are offered, there is uh, Ben Shapiro. There is Barack Obama. Tucker Carlson. Jordan Peterson might be in there. I don't know. There are dozens, if not hundreds of options when I was browsing through the website. So it's a very fun uh, way to waste uh, a few minutes. But when you think about, again, the implications of this, it's not too far off from just being able to fake an audio recording of a person saying whatever you want them to say. Yeah, but they haven't gotten that far. We talked about this with Jordan Peterson like like three years ago. Yeah, maybe I maybe I just forgot. But uh, thanks to Darth Grader for the submission. I at least got uh, a little bit of entertainment out of it. And uh, one quick thing before we get into some news as well. <laughs> Recall a little over a year ago. This was September 2021. The streaming platform Trovo with all the mysterious currency types, all the treasure and stuff that they would use for their super chats that we never understood Turns out we didn't have to understand them because they banned the stream in my account without warning. <laughs> we were part of a wave of streamers they banned in our case for quote unquote inappropriate behavior is what they they dinged us for permanent suspension for inappropriate behavior. The behavior was never specified. This was even more shady than your typical banning, though, because Trovo completely locked me out of the account, thus locking me out of the super chats that listeners had sent to the show. In other words, they didn't just ban me. They also took audience money. That was money that listeners yes. had sent to the show. Trovo blocked me from access to that account and thus that money. And they took that money for themselves. Or maybe the money is still in the account. I don't know. I can't access it. That's the point. And I tried to get answers from Trovo at the time about if you're going to ban me, are you at least going to are you going to do the payout because that money is not for you? They were like, fuck you. And they blocked me on Twitter. That, <laughs> that was their response. They blocked me on Twitter. And that was that for about a year. I'm not going to try to fight with Trovo. It's not worth. It's not that awesome that I have to die on that sword, whatever. So I haven't thought about Trovo much since until they sent me a survey this week. Apparently they're having trouble retaining people at Trovo because what a surprise. They sent me this email. Hey, ML Christensen. We notice it's you've been inactive for a while now. Would you please take a survey about why you haven't been streaming on Trovo? And I thought, why? Sure, I will. And uh, I responded to their survey. Some of it was multiple choice. Some of it was free form answer. The free form answer was very direct and very explicit. And um, they, they've not responded. I've not received uh, a response email from the geniuses at Trovo who ban your account, steal your money, won't talk to you, and then email you a year later to ask, hey, where did you go? We'd love to see you around here. By the way, I thought, hey, uh, since you're inviting me back, can I go Can I go stream there again? I logged in. That's the message I get. No, no, you're, you're suspended permanently for inappropriate behavior as of September 22nd, 2021. Yeah. So... No return to Trovo, at least for the time being. I know everyone is very, very sad about that. Uh, also on the topic of uh, censorship, and in this case, YouTube. I suppose censorship is too strong a word, but all the censorship adjacent things they do. If you watch this channel or any others like it in this area, especially on YouTube, you've probably noticed these context notes that YouTube adds. Whether you're talking, whenever you're talking about anything interesting, it could be coronavirus, it could be global warming, it could be January 6th. 
they have a context note to correct any wrong opinions that people might come away from your video with. Well, this week, the this was the World Government Summit in Dubai. World leaders gathered with a CNN reporter for a panel called, quote, Are We Ready for a New World Order? That is the title of the video on YouTube. Good Lord. And it's a half hour of these world leaders discussing whether we're ready for such a thing. YouTube put one of its context labels on the video saying... The new world order is a conspiracy theory that hypothesizes a secretly emerging totalitarian world government. So don't think that what you're watching in the video is real. Believe the context note from Wikipedia and YouTube. I guess that's fair context because the new world order is supposedly a secretly emerging totalitarian world government. In this case, it's not secretly emerging. It's right in front of your face. So it's totally different. And thank you to Susan for the important context. Well, Let's get into the big news within the last 24 hours, which is this uh, shooting at a gay bar in Colorado Springs. What do we know as of this hour? Well, I just checked and heavy, which is not super reliable, but has been reliable in the past, is saying that um, that the the guy that did this, the 22 year old Aldrich that did this is the grandson of outgoing Republican state assemblyman um, Randy Vopel. And so they're drawing all these connections that he's this kind of right wing, that this is a right wing thing. We knew this was going to happen. I'm sure it's unrelated. Um, no, no motives at this point. But this kid, uh, do you have a picture of him up? I, I can't. Uh, I can find one in this heavy article. Those are guys who were there. There, there aren't a lot of good pictures of this. Uh, this suspect, Anderson Aldridge is his name. Just looks like a fat nerd to me. All of these pictures um, are a couple years old, though, too. Yeah. At least heavy says. So he's 22. He went into this gay nightclub in Colorado Springs just before midnight on Saturday and opened fire, killing five and injuring 25 others. 18 of those 25 were shot. The other seven, I assume, were trampled or injured in some other way. Um, his name's Anderson Lee Aldrich. He used a long rifle. Two firearms were found at the scene. And then he apparently was stopped by... Um, some homosexual men that were in the club. Thank you for the key detail. Mm -hmm. It is very important. Um, The police did not open fire on him. He's being treated for other injuries at the hospital, presumably from being tackled. Um, But the club was hosting a series of drag shows this weekend, hosted by Miss Delicious. Did you see that? Delicious. I did not see that. Um, in this heavy report, it says the the brunch f- for today. Yeah, here we go. Uh, the brunch for today was an all ages event. Now, that all ages drag brunch, mm. I do not believe happened, obviously. And as of now, we don't have any confirmed reason to say that this was somehow the motive of the shooter. But people are at least making note that there were multiple drag events scheduled for the weekend, one of which was advertised for advertises a family event yeah yep yep yep. um so this guy this is so strange because he had previously made what sounded like a very legitimate bomb threat in a year ago like a year and a half ago june 2021 uh sheriff deputies responded to a report by the man's mother that he was threatening to cause harm to her with a homemade bomb multiple weapons and ammunition um and he refused to comply with orders to surrender. And they, inva- they evacuated all these nearby homes. 
so it and then they had to get uh, negotiators in to get him to come out of the house. It was a whole thing. Yeah. He was arrested after walking out of the front door and he was charged. But nobody really knows what happened to these charges. It looks like they were dropped for some unknown reason. Yeah, this is uh, apparently the Colorado Springs Gazette reported that these 2021 charges, it was six felonies related to this bomb threat against his mom and what ended up being some sort of standoff at the house, though his mom wasn't even there, apparently. But those six felony charges were dropped and the case was sealed. A lot of times you would see that in the case of a minor or something, but he would have been 21 at the time or possibly 20. But the mom called it in. But she wasn't present, right? I thought I she know. wasn't I mean, even there. Maybe I misread, but the report was made by the mom. Yeah. From what I read. Who knows? So I saw so much misreporting about all this. We have uh, uh, potentially six felonies that he would have been charged with. The charges dropped case sealed. Nobody really knows why, nor do we have details on how he came into possession of the guns that he had. The one that he used in the bar is reported to have been an AR 15, which of course is always politicized. But uh, I don't know. This sounds fetty to me. Uh, I'm sure he was known to the Bureau. We often hear that phrase. He was known to the FBI prior. Could be. I don't know. Maybe he was fighting with his own homosexuality. He looks like a fat lesbian. <laughs> well, let's ju- let's let's get one more look just to. Uh, uh, well, I, I guess I could see it. I suppose that's not entirely that, off. That, that's um, Chaz Bono. Chaz Bono <laughs> did this. That's Chaz Bono after a lot of donuts or something. Chaz Bono's pretty. Or am I thinking? No, you know what? I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking Sonny Bono, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, rest in peace, Sonny. That my brain got confused for a second. Uh, as far as the, his grandfather, this um, California State Assemblyman, now outgoing Randy Vopel, you mentioned that he, uh, well, he he's leaving California State Assembly, but. He has also been uh, facing controversy for his commentary about January 6th in an interview with the San Diego Tribune three days after January 6th. He said, this is Lexington and Concord. First shots fired against tyranny. Hmm. I don't have the full context to that interview. Uh, tyranny will follow in the aftermath of the Biden swear in on January 20th, he said. And then he lost in his primary in August. Uh, now, about uh, the state of of guns and gun control, because that's one of two areas where this is naturally going to go. Biden, of course, released a statement uh, this morning already implying anti-gay hateful motive, which has yet to be established by investigators. We'll see what they say in the coming days. He called for a renewed assault weapons ban to get weapons of war off the streets. Uh, and... Um, And as I mentioned, it's sort of unclear what happened with this prior felony charge. Now, he would have been a prohibited person had he been convicted on these felony charges. Of course, he was not. They were not prosecuted. They were dropped for unknown reasons. Um, But in Colorado, there are many of the the sort of common sense gun laws that the common sense activists are constantly advocating. So Colorado already has a red flag law that apparently was not exercised in this particular case. Colorado bans high capacity magazines. Now, at this point, I haven't seen reporting on what sort of magazine was in that AR. One might assume your standard capacity 30 rounder, but maybe not. Maybe he was using something else. Colorado also has safe storage requirements. And before you, well, not you as in people in the audience, but when you hear people say, well, yeah, he could have just gone over to Kansas to buy the gun. Well, number one, we don't actually know where the shooter acquired the gun. Uh, and whether he did that legally or not. But number two, 
you can't escape your state's gun laws by just driving to another state, at least not legally. Right. Under federal law, any interstate transfer of a firearm must be handled through a federally licensed dealer who will conduct a background check at the point of transfer and will see to it that all of your state's firearms laws are upheld and enforced. So that might apply to this case. It might not. Again, we don't necessarily know how he acquired the weapon and whether he even possessed the weapon legally or not. That's all speculative at this point. We'll probably learn in the coming days, but for now we don't know. Um, and Oh, the other angle here that I want to mention, it's not just gun control. The other angle that they're going with is just, uh, well, if you have anything to say about, uh, say, all ages drag shows at gay bars, you're, you're responsible for this gay bar getting shot up. That is the viral uh, take on Twitter over the weekend. A tweet from a uh, apparently a transgender transgender marks is the name of the account. But 50,000 likes on this tweet blames the woman behind libs of TikTok for the shooting Come because on. she, of course, brings attention to these drag events for kids and other forms of leftist degeneracy uh, as though you can't say that drag shows for for kids at gay bars are bad, but also mass shootings are not uh, the appropriate way to handle this sort of problem. As blonde sips her LaCroix like the Kermit meme. Well, it sounds or, like it sounds like there's some fed fed involvement here. You know what they be. do is they they don't um they don't fabricate these whole things. It's not all Gretchen Whitmer plots. But they find somebody loosely connected to an existing public-facing Republican, and then they radicalize them, like, in such a way. Uh, they, they fed post on them, they interact with them online, and then this person does something crazy. They were already mentally unstable, and they're like, look at this. Look at libs of TikTok that radicalized this guy. You know, maybe the gay community is radicalizing people by doing all this drag queen story hour bullshit. Maybe that's what's happening here. And we don't know. We at this point, we have no idea what motivated this kid. I'm speculating um, wildly. Yeah. I have no idea. But this yeah, seems real fetty to me. Like, uh, we'll we'll see. It does seem weird to say. I mean, how many people share identical political views with their grandparents anyway? You might. You might not. The idea no. that he was he was clearly motivated by his grandpa's January 6th comments or he was yeah. clearly motivated by a drag show for all ages that was happening tomorrow. Or that maybe if you have any questions about how far our culture is going and accepting the sexualization or sexual presentation to children that you are responsible for a mass shooting as though uh, you, you can't have questions about both pieces of this, that maybe sexual presentation for children is bad. And maybe we don't deal with that episode of bad by shooting up people indiscriminately at the venue. Right. Yeah. So that's all. Uh, that's all I know for now. Uh, do you have anything else to say about this before we move on? Sure don't. Okay. I'm well, sure we only have 2% of the information and everything will change. Yeah, I'm sure. We'll, we'll six a, hours. This shooting, unlike some, unlike the University of Virginia one and maybe some other stuff we'll talk about later, this one's going to stay in the headlines for a little while. I can guarantee yeah. you that. This one is going to be one of those that counts. You have the anti-gay angle. You have the AR-15 angle. It's a lot like the, at least... So far, it looks a lot like the Pulse nightclub situation, minus the Muslim complication. Right. So yeah. that's like, this is their dream. They will be enjoying this one for days and weeks to come, I'm sure. Meanwhile, um, the GIFT program, Guaranteed Income for Transgender People. 
the a tranny box in San Francisco is the new program. 55 eligible San Francisco residents uh, will get $1,200 per month for up to 18 months, as well as health care and financial coaching. This gift program began accepting applicants Wednesday and will run uh, the applications will run into next month. According to the organizations running the program, 33 percent of transgender Californians are living in poverty, which is much higher than the state's overall poverty rate of 12 percent, which, of course, is explained only by anti-trans bigotry in San Francisco. (laughs) It's because nobody buys tranny hookers. That's why. Well, they're trying to correct that, too. Uh, The application is hilarious to read. And if you are a uh, particularly at risk transgender sex worker, if you give one of those deceptive BJs, they are there to protect you with cash payments now. And this is actually not the first guaranteed income program in San Francisco. The city also offers monthly thousand dollar cash payments to pregnant black and Pacific Islander residents. This is called the Abundant Birth Project. What? Why can't they do that for white people? Uh, because uh, black and Pacific Islander residents have been victimized. I guess somehow. Plus the guaranteed income pilot for artists launched last year, which provides 190 artists a thousand dollars a month. So if your art is too shitty to, to create an income, San Francisco will subsidize your shitty art. Awesome. So what are the eligibility requirements? Well, according to the application, you must be transgender, non-binary, gender non-conforming, or intersex. This is referred to as TGI. I guess that's different than LGBTQ, NAACP, whatever it is now. You must reside in San Francisco. You must be 18 years or older. And you must submit information about your income. And the submission of this information is where it gets hilarious. So for your income, I love this, you can select... I mean, you might, you can just be unemployed, which I guess that is a qualification because they're looking for people who are struggling apparently, but you can, you can say that you have just cash economy work income. Now, what does that mean? Cash economy work income is just under the you know table. What that is. Yeah. So I don't pay taxes, but I would like to mm. harvest everyone else's taxes is... <laughs> What you're saying when you answer that question. And that's fine. You think they're going to turn these people over to the IRS? These cash (laughs) economy workers? Yeah, really. I don't think so. Now, transgender status is theoretically retired, even explicitly required in the in the explanation at the top of the application. But you realize transgender is something that means nothing and everything all at the same time. Right. So, So how are they going to tell you what is transgender? Indeed, you go look at the application. What is your trans status? You can just select none of the above. And does it say, what are you in some kind of free form answer? No, you can just be none. Why wouldn't everybody take advantage of this? Well, it's only if it's limited. It's only 55 people. Hmm. Now, as far as the gender identities, there are over a hundred of them listed and you can select all that apply. So you could be a hundred different ones at the same time. My favorite ones on here, gender fuck. (laughs) whatever that are you serious gender fuck is on the list or gender outlaw and i don't know how can you even be a gender outlaw in san francisco what is outlawed sexually or gender wise in san francisco absolutely nothing not only is it not outlawed they pay you to be a degenerate but you're an outlaw i'm sure gender fuck gender fuck now it gets even funnier with your sexual orientation this is not how you view yourself this is who you are attracted to or with whom you 
prefer to engage in sexual acts with. Uh, scroll down the list right there in the middle. Faggot. Mm. Sexual orientation. I may. My sexual orientation is faggot, which I can say, Susan, because that is the preferred term of the faggots checking the box on the oh, San no. Francisco uh, on the San Francisco form. This is just city administration. This isn't hate speech. I, uh, how, how Are they taking be? back the N word? Does that mean I can't say it casually anymore? I'm being respectful when I say faggot in this context. It is the preferred term. <laughs> and as you mentioned, you can be an actual prostitute. The application asks if you are a sex worker, if you are comfortable sharing. So to recap, you can be a tax evading self-identified faggot prostitute and still be eligible for a payout from San Francisco taxpayers. The, uh, the application does confirm that the money you receive can be used for whatever purposes you like. There are no conditions for use, not even legal transactions. I suppose. What if they found you taking the money and using it to commit illegal acts? Would they rescind the money in that case? It says pay for anything, no conditions whatsoever. Yikes. So applications close on December 15th. Presumably these payouts begin sometime next year. And uh, lastly, before we talk Twitter and Musk and Trump and all that unconfirmed reports circulating Twitter earlier today. Say that uh, the Paul Pelosi body cam footage is coming out soon. This account is saying that the footage has been given to news agencies and will be soon made public. The footage contradicts the official story 100%. According to this description, again, uh, unconfirmed. I'm not seeing anyone reporting that they have the body cam footage in their possession outside of law enforcement at this time. But if this Twitter rumor is to be believed, and I emphasize rumor, it's not even a blue check account and everyone has blue check accounts these days, but I'm just, I'm keeping an eye on this. Um, I posted a video about the Paul Pelosi stuff yesterday, that reporter who had the retracted report that we saw a couple weeks ago. Remember that? Yeah. He got suspended by NBC but they never said what he did wrong. Meanwhile, local NBC looked into it themselves and talked to another source. And effectively all the claims that suspended reporter made have been verified by another investigation from a local reporter speaking with a source who says he's personally seen the body cam footage. Mm. So unless we have a whole bunch of liars, I, I hope we get to see this. I'm sort of skeptical of this claim that they're just going to let this out and let it contradict the narrative. But I suppose maybe they're less invested in it now, now that it's post yeah november 8th okay well now we can try to figure out exactly how much i'm supposed to praise or hate elon musk because i have both inclinations simultaneously it's all started with elon musk posting a twitter poll on friday oh, Ask- i hate this god okay i'm glad we're on the same page there because up, up front i'll say it's very difficult for me to dissect what is serious from elon musk here and what's just trollery and but that's frustrating me because a lot of the stuff seems to be pro censorship not just in a jokey way but in a serious way a serious way right and i hate to say this but uh when somebody's unprincipled it's hard to count on them to yeah. behave um predictably which yeah. is really what we want in this situation we want some free speech stability and he's not going to do that he's pussing out big Well, it all started with this Twitter poll and it just said reinstate former President Trump. Yes or no. Uh, 
the the poll was live for 24 hours got over 15 million votes yes to reinstate 152 to 48 a little closer than that actually in early stages it was much more in favor of reinstatement so maybe there was some bot fortification late in the game i don't know later in the day he tweeted vox populi vox dei i'm sure i mispronounced that but that's latin for the voice of the people is the voice of god which i'm also not a fan of but we'll get to in a moment uh then yesterday trump was just unbanned his uh old account at real donald trump is now fully restored and as of this afternoon trump's following has grown to nearly 90 million that is uh that's nearly tripled Joe Biden's total of 36 million. And it did start from zero. I watched it because I happened to be on my computer when this happened. And I was one of the first maybe 500,000 people to follow Trump again. And yeah. you could watch it increase and go down. It was like there was a lot of people worried about whether Twitter was messing with it. Because when you tried to follow him originally... It would just unfollow you. And the follower count was like a roller coaster. It was all over the place. But now it looks like it's stabilized. So maybe it was just the onslaught of people trying to follow him that caused the technical difficulties. Trump's last tweet is from January 8th, 2021, saying he would not attend the inauguration. Now, Trump has responded over the weekend saying uh, he doesn't really care about being unbanned. He says he's not coming back. He says he sees a lot of uh, problems with Twitter and he intends to remain on his own platform truth social but elon is personally trying to bait trump to come back there was this lois griffin meme with uh trump being tempted by the uh the bottle of pills that is his newly reinstated (laughs) account and then it got even spicier just like an hour ago elon posted this one of 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 trump being tempted by the mistress (laughs) the mistress of twitter jeez (laughs) So before we get to He's how to in- meme his way back into my good graces, he did. He did earn a couple bonus points with me through this. But before we get to uh, good or bad, what's going on here? I do want to reference what I believe is the bad Elon, which is what has been going on with Alex Jones. So at the same time on Friday, Elon Musk also tweeted, what should Twitter do next? Mm-hmm. And one of the top replies, almost 50,000 likes Bring back Alex Jones. Elon responded simply, no. Okay. Why? What did he do specifically on Twitter? Well, that's exactly what uh, Viva Fry challenged Elon Musk with. I saw, and he responded to Viva Fry. Yeah. Uh, Viva Fry said, Alex Jones is a litmus test, not just on the issue of freedom of speech, but on the issue of not bending the knee to political and judicial intimidation. If this is a hard no... Your Twitter will never be any more trustworthy than it was under the former leadership. And Elon Musk personally responded, too bad. Okay. Uh, And no formal explanation, at least that I've seen so far, has been given for the rejection of Alex Jones. As in, what criteria are you using to say that Alex Jones is not permitted to come back? To your question, what exactly did he do or say? Right. Now, I was a little bit surprised because Alex Jones did personally respond in a video and for what it's worth alex jones not only isn't mad but he says he understands why elon musk would say no and he hopes that elon musk will keep twitter on its current trajectory uh, even if he can't unban alex jones right now 
So Elon Musk has the EU threatening him not to bring back Alex Jones and Donald Trump. He has DHS behind the scenes with a bunch of moles inside his organization. There's a question right now on whether Twitter will even be able to continue on to the future because all of the sabotage. I want to see Twitter freed overall first and to see if Musk can even get control of it before we talk about Donald Trump or Alex Jones being brought back. I understand why Musk did this. He's got the ADL and the Democratic Party on him. He's got the EU on him trying to shut him down right now. So don't put all your eggs in Elon Musk's basket, but support him trying to free up Twitter. And don't blame Musk at the end of the day because he didn't bring me back. I'm the most controversial figure in the world because I'm the most threatening to the new world order. So don't expect him to bring me back day one when he has to first get control of the platform before he can even think about that. My answer is that's fine, Elon. Just follow through on your promise to bring back some semblance of freedom to Twitter. Let's see if you can actually get that done. That was very measured. Um... Yeah, okay, I understand where he's coming from. But did Elon Musk do this because he truly has courage? Because now is not really the time for compromise with groups like the ADL. And there's no way he's the most controversial and banned figure in history. That's Andrew Anglin. Andrew Anglin has that title. Well, Alex Jones, uh, he has some credible claims to it as well. I, I, That's true. I mean, I, I understand where he's coming from, yeah. but I, but I kind of don't want to hear it from Elon Musk right now. Like he's colluding with the SPLC and the ADL. You got to cozy up to the ADL to beat the ADL. That's that's the thing. I don't know. I mean, I don't think yeah. he can be trusted. This is kind of an all or nothing thing. Well, I'm I'm really conflicted on this because my initial reaction to the Alex Jones stuff was like, all right, dude, I'm out. I'm off the train at this point. If you're telling me just no too bad, I don't care. When a few months ago, when you were trying to make this transaction happen, you said you had a pathological loyalty to free speech. Something to that effect when he did his like TED talk conversation thing. He said it's so important to him. That's why he has to follow through on this. And then you don't give us the explanation for why Alex Jones somehow exists outside of that principle. That's frustrating. And then I, you know, I bounced this off a few people uh, and, and the consensus among the people I've talked to has been like, yeah, it's not great, but I think you also got to, you, you don't want to take Elon Musk on Twitter so seriously. Cause a lot of it's just kind of trolly nonsense. He's just trying to get a reaction. And then there's been a lot of the same thing that Alex Jones himself is saying, which is, it's not reasonable to expect him to turn around the ship today. You're going to have to do things incrementally. And there's a business reality that if you're firing everyone and you have advertisers suddenly worried about the platform, you, radical change will destabilize it too much for it to recover from. So I get all of that. And I don't want to take Elon Musk too seriously from just his tweets, but that's part of my problem too. It's like just take a moment and make a serious explanation for what your plans are. I can deal with the Twitter trollery. That's fun. I, I don't, but write a Substack post, make yeah. a short YouTube video. Just give us some assurance that you're actually still committed to the principles that you articulated three, four, five months ago, whenever that was. I, I know that this is probably getting a little too into it, but I, I, on a purest level, I have to say that I, I really hate the idea of a Twitter poll to reinstate somebody. The idea that it, there aren't a set of rules or a set of principles that guide who's banned and unbanned right. that we're going right. to vote on it. And that the voice of the people is the voice of God. Just philosophically, not even take the Twitter context out of it. The idea that the voice of the people is the voice of God. No, it isn't. The, the, no, the mob not. whim is often contrary to God. And, and we should not equate those two this. things. There, there are moral principles and moral truths that exist way, way above majority whim 
that have to be upheld despite majority whim or the voice of the people. Now I know yeah, you're the way to get overly philosophical about a guy who's just tweeting bullshit. I get it. But there are serious principles underlying what he's saying here. And until he gives me an explanation otherwise, I kind of have to take him at his word, even if he is being a little bit trolly about it. Yeah. And you mentioned, I'll emphasize again, I just don't buy this strategy that to manage the ADL and the UN and the EU and the ABC and the XYZ and all of them, the whole point for Musk taking over the platform is he is he wouldn't be uh, beholden to these people mm-hmm. that he could tell all of these people to kick rocks. Yeah. And if we exactly. still have to appease these people, then what is the point of the takeover? If at the end of the day, the Southern Poverty Law Center, maybe they're not calling the shots, but they are having closed door meetings with the guy who is and getting him to change his mind on some things. Mm-hmm. However, to the people <laughs> that think maybe I'm being a little too tough and I should cut him some slack and the, the trajectory is is still an improvement. I will grant that. Twitter is better this weekend than it has been in quite some time. I will also note Project Veritas is back. Babylon B is back. Several more high profile accounts are coming back. It is still an improvement. I'm not going to shit all over it and say, well, this is the exact same thing. It's not the exact same thing. It's just I need a little more convincing from Elon that he actually believes what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see the hate tweets policy? Yes, this also concerns me. So what does that even mean? He was it was totally nondescript. Not that it matters. I mean, you should be able to say anything. He uh, he says Twitter will have a policy of freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach. So if you post hate tweets, you will be max deboosted and demonetized. The tweet won't show unless specifically searched. I get that you're saying you're not going to delete the tweet or ban the account, but in other words, Twitter overlords are still going to have their thumbs on what is worth seeing and what is not worth seeing judged, not by engagement, not actually by the voice of the people as he referenced earlier, but by the sensibilities of who the ADL, the SPLC, the rest of the usual suspects. And of course, asked repeatedly by people responding what a quote unquote hate tweet is. I have not seen must clarify. So, again, we're going to have some sort of I guess he said we're going to have a council to evaluate this, but a council to evaluate a hate speech or a a hate tweet. If you wouldn't support a hate speech council as a matter of law, as a matter of philosophy, a hate tweet council should also be opposed. Agreed. So I don't know. I'm That sounds so negative. I I genuinely have enjoyed the developments on Twitter over the weekend. It is a better place than it was uh, at any time in recent memory. So just my appeal got denied. Elon Musk can. You got to try again. Maybe maybe you'll be back. Nobody, you know, nobody has ever really told me what I did. I thought it was the Meghan Markle thing. Are we just inferring that? That was the the last straw. That was the tweet that got me banned permanently. But every time I appeal, they just say a pattern of serial abuse, Hmm. which I reject. There's got to be a log somewhere. There must be a blonde rap sheet deep in the Twitter database that they reference. My harassment brought joy to people's lives. Well, maybe you harassed just one or two Twitter employees out of the building. (laughs) Maybe you could find some yeah. solace in that. They're all quitting. They all Elon said, uh, hey, we're gonna have to work hard now. And they said, nope. See ya. Can you imagine firing ha- more than half of the staff and then the company's still working 
and people it seems on the to outside. Work fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're all like now Twitter's going to, to, to totally just fail and the infrastructure is going to collapse and everything, but nothing's happening. So Elon Musk put out this, this memo that everything's going to be extremely hardcore. There's going to be this cultural reset of the company um, because these internal Slack messages were released. And then a bunch of people quit voluntarily. A bunch were fired. He f- there were 7,500 employees, 2,900 remain. He fired about half. So it looks like, I don't know. I don't know. What's the math on that? Like 600 people resigned or something like that. Just this Appar- week because of this memo? Yes. Uh, yeah. Apparently um, a lot of really competent engineers and stuff like that have ended up quitting. And there are all these threats that everything's going to going to collapse. But I haven't really seen anything happen. I mean, that was Thursday. They haven't been working since Thursday. And Twitter has worked fine over the weekend. The traffic yeah. on all of traffic on Twitter is probably much higher now that Trump is unbanned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I can't imagine how many of those people were just butts in seats, not really well, doing anything. To I the actually point. can't imagine a uh, 3,100. 3,500, 3,600. There, there it is. Did you 3, see people. Lauren Chen's viral tweet on this about Twitter staff before and after Elon? I've seen these pictures. Yeah. I don't know the authenticity of these photos, but I'm sure mm-hmm. she's probably right. Um, yeah. Keep all the nerds. Like so the this is nerds. this is beforehand. And you'll notice. Um, well, women are very represented. In fact, demographically overrepresented. And then this is after Elon and it's nothing but uh, a bunch of nerd dudes. <laughs> and and I guess the question people are asking, too, it's like, were they fired or were they just asked to work hard? And if you get rid of this many people and the product still functions the same. What was really going on for all those right. years? You know, uh, as many complaints as I just had. When you either intentionally or incidentally make a move that gets activist women out and nerd dudes back in charge, that's a strategy I think that's bound to succeed in many ways, at least relative to what it was yep. before. So although does, does this guy's shirt at the bottom right here, does that say woke AF or something? I can't. It's tell. too hard to tell. Too many wrinkles in the but shirt. His but. face leads me to believe that his shirt says woke AF. His shirt. Uh, yeah. His face does say woke AF. I think you're probably right. Well, as a uh, hilarious side note, one of the narratives uh, from a lot of mainstream media sources after this mass Twitter exodus and the uncertainty at Twitter is that Twitter is supposedly now a security risk. It's it's unsafe or it's unstable. You actually shouldn't be using it because you're putting yourself at risk for data breaches or other vulnerabilities. This is what they're saying, despite no evidence that I've seen of such a thing. It's notable, as you mentioned, that, that Twitter has has shed these thousands of employees in recent weeks, and it still appears to function the exact same way that it used to. So I don't know what they're talking about when they say that it's unsafe or there is a risk. But um, on Friday, during its evening news broadcast, CBS declared that they are pausing their company tweets out of an abundance of caution. It's too dangerous. And Musk has called for an emergency meeting for all remaining engineers. In light of the uncertainty around Twitter and out of an abundance of caution, CBS News is pausing its activity on the social media site as it continues to monitor the platform, Major. Hmm. (laughs) That lasted not even two days. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, the fear and the danger, they overcame it. This morning, uh... About 42 hours later, CBS News PR tweeted that the outlet will indeed resume its tweets, but they are continuing to monitor the situation. 
CBS News uh, tweeted a story about Jen Psaki at 3.45 p.m. Eastern on Friday, and they lasted until 9.23 a.m. Eastern this morning when they tweeted about the Colorado Springs shooting. So I'm glad it's been declared safe to tweet from the CBS News assessment. Well, we're kind of in an awkward spot because there's a lot to talk about national politics, but I think we're a little bit too early to take a break unless you you think we should no, take let's it. Early. Do it. OK, let's no, talk about at least a couple things. We can break this up if we have to. Uh, I, I can't believe this isn't more major news. It's not that it's not major news. It's just it, you know, it doesn't seem as significant as some of the weekend developments, I guess, because it was already a, a foregone conclusion. But before a crowd at Mar-a-Lago on Tuesday night, as advertised earlier, uh, Trump did indeed formally announce his candidacy for president in 2024. So we will get campaign Trump campaign round three. Here was the official announcement. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. Make America great and glorious again. Upgraded. Can't uh, do this again, man. Did you watch any of the speech? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just not going to have the same energy as 2016. It really didn't. Uh, and I think part of that was, at least in, in my estimation for what it's worth, part of that I think is the circumstances. Part of that is a stylistic choice. You're not going to be able to recapture that surprise outsider energy. That's just not possible to do. But... I think the choice here, because this was teleprompter Trump that went on for about an hour and it was very much a structured, organized, look how shitty things are now compared to how great they were when I was president type speech. Right. And that's all fine. I don't even think that that's wrong. I agree that the conditions were better then than they are now. It's hard not to. I just think that that the circumstances in combination with that stylistic choice, it does make the energy seem a little lacking. It seemed a little low energy or, or sleepy for Trump himself. Now, yeah. does that, does that matter now that we're, well, we're over a year away from the first votes in Iowa? Oh yeah, of course it matters. Trump has made the, the strategic decision to, to be out officially campaigning for over a year. And I don't necessarily think that, I, I guess the theory here would be, we want to block out anybody else from even daring to enter the race or having to think very carefully if they decide to. Anybody who was going to jump in, I think, knew that Trump was going to run. If you were DeSantis or Youngkin or anybody else and you're thinking about the possibility, don't you think about your strategy and the outcome with the assumption that Trump is running? Who For didn't sure. think he was running? Everybody did. So I just don't really understand the strategic thinking here. Uh, but I don't really know that it changes anything either because Trump has been doing his Trump events perpetually the whole time so like what changes he's going to do the same rallies in the same sorts of places mm -hmm. i don't think that this was one of the best trump speeches but i don't know that it changes anything anyway so i don't know um well, it I also, does. he has to bring the energy because the energy doesn't exist in the culture anymore hmm. we're tired we're tattered the movement is kind of over well, that's the uh, other strange thing about the the choice. The timing choice to me is if you wanted to get your supporters at their most deflated, it's right after a horribly underperforming midterm. Mm -hmm. You might yeah. you get into the spring and people are past the holidays. They're past the 
the bad taste of, of those midterms and they're energized again. Maybe you can capture some of that, but man, it's tough to, to see what happened during this election and then sign up, sign up to be a part of enthusiastic politics right now. Give me more. I love the show. I love politics. <laughs> I'm even like that's been my life for forever. Even I'm a little burnt out on it to be like, Oh yes, please. I love, I, I'll watch the show from afar, but as far as my own political enthusiasm, it's lower now than it has been in some time, I would say. Yeah. But who wants to sign back up to get abused again? Uh, by the system like what, what we talked about what we talk about every week with voting i mean people are they're tired of this they're tired of participating in a system where their votes don't matter like why would you keep going back to that it's it's an abusive relationship it's tough to capture enthusiasm for a whole bunch of reasons and i i, I wouldn't dispute that uh, that reason either uh but you know like i said we're a year over a year out from the first votes a lot of stuff's going to happen in the next year. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, oh, uh, Trump's over because of this speech or like it's clearly DeSantis is to take or something. I have no idea. And if there's one thing I've learned in politics, I think it's foolish to count out Trump at any point. I mean, he was counted out a million times in 2016 and he saw it through. So my uh, skepticism of this particular event is worth a hill of beans. And uh, he can he can prove the naysayers wrong. Well, he'll have a year to do it, but he's going to have to fight the justice department because not only are we going to get another Trump presidential campaign, we're going to get another Trump special counsel. That's the biggest consequence of this uh, campaign announcement so far. Moderate by the book, not at all political attorney general Merrick Garland announced a special counsel to investigate Trump. Now that his candidacy is official here is Garland making the announcement. The Department of Justice has long recognized that in certain extraordinary cases, it is in the public interest to appoint a special prosecutor to independently manage an investigation and prosecution. Based on recent developments, including the former president's announcement that he is a candidate for president in the next election and the sitting president's stated intention to be a candidate as well, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. Oh my well, God, again, Wait, we're doing this again. Seriously. You, you don't understand. The walls are closing in. <sighs> that orange man is going to be gotten this time. This will be the one. The special counsel will be investigating both the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case and Trump's conduct on January 6th. The special counsel is Jack Smith, the former chief prosecutor for the special court in the Hague, where he investigated war crimes in Kosovo. Smith has been a prosecutor in the Justice Department since the 90s. I saw a report from Jesse Waters on Fox saying that Smith is a partisan Democrat based on working for the Obama and the Clinton administrations. I didn't see a lot of specifics in that report, but it's not like I'm going to take uh, moderate by the book, not at all political Attorney General Merrick Garland's word for it either. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot extremely notable in this guy's history that I was able to gather today, though, of course I didn't have all the time in the world to do a deep dive on it. So what uh, are they going to find? <laughs> what are they we'll going to invent? That's a better question. One of my favorite Twitter replies. Um, we'll get to the Hunter Biden house investigation in a minute. 
but I saw the story on that and some uh, blue pilled person responded now do Trump. It's yeah, like, really. How many times have they done Trump? How many yeah. more Trump ones do we need? Imagine believing Donald Trump is insufficiently investigated for all the criticisms you may have of the man. And I have my fair share too. insufficiently investigated is your criticism. Okay. I'm sure they'll find the smoking gun this time. This time. I want to talk about uh, the House as well, because, of course, we have Nancy Pelosi leaving party leadership, but we are right up at the top of the hour. So why don't we take a break and catch up with our chats? Nancy Pelosi staying was your uh, threshold for black pilledness, right? I know. Well, staying so, on as Speaker of the House, and she almost did it. I know. I know. I was waiting it's, frankly, it's, it was so close that I might as well, as we talked about last week, it's like it, it's it's close enough for me to say that it it basically happened anyway okay robin d banks so a bad guy walks into a bar and gives shots to everyone what too soon uh since they haven't released a picture of the dude yet i've got questions the left is already blaming bobert for this they they just released the picture of the guy like i hadn't even seen it when we uh were setting up for the show until you showed i it shot me. someone with a gun uh the only pictures i've seen of the dude are in the heavy article yeah. But I haven't seen it. Have they released a mugshot or a current photo? No, I think that's what people are talking about. Oh, okay. Well, while you um, read, I'll search if there's, I'll see if there's another image. I bought PM, PN. After a lifetime of education and experience, I've only come across three things that are undisputably true. One, Matt and Blonde are the best podcast duo. Two, Epstein didn't kill himself. And three, Michigan sucks. I've never well, been to Michigan. Have you? Thank you, I bought. No, that's I not, not true. I'm not going to be niggardly. You've been to Michigan. You're right. In fact, we hung out in Michigan. That's true. To be fair, we just drove through. Yeah. Detroit Airport, because when we went to the RNC in 2016, you couldn't fly into Cleveland, so we had to drive over from Detroit. What a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, Robin D. Banks, Blonde and I once made hate trying to get money in this economy, so we stopped shaving our legs, dressed like Matt, and moved to San Francisco. We call it, <laughs> oh, we, we were then called transphobic. We're sorry. We didn't mean it. We did mean it. Ah. Thank you, I Robin. meant it. Daniel Kunkel, did you catch the Klaus Schwab was saying uh, at the G20 summit, the dude is legit evil as hell talking about restructuring the world like it's his. Hilariously, YouTube still lists the new world order as a conspiracy. Yeah, yes, that. we discussed it. He is, he is like a, such a stereotypical Dr. Evil style world leader, right? The German accent. Yeah, yeah. I didn't Uber. hear what he specifically said. I did see the, the new world order fact check, of course, but uh, yeah. Thank you, Daniel. Um, the football gods giveth and the football gods taketh away, Matt. It's very interesting. I won't limit my I, I won't uh, go on with football talk once again, but to go from one of the greatest games ever seen to one of the worst today, the Vikings got absolutely destroyed. But at some level, I'm not surprised by that, because when you go from the high of such an awesome game, you come back lacking focus, lacking energy. And frankly, that team, after all the luck they've had this year, they needed to get kicked in the nuts and they finally did. So I'm not even that mad about it, truthfully. Uh, although okay. I'm watching, like the game was so bad, I barely even watched it while I was doing my show prep. That's how bad oh, really? it was. Like I was hardly attentive. Yeah. Um, Holden Mulray. Matt, glad to see your vid on the conflicting San, San Francisco PD and DOJ Pelosi reports. NBC covered and dismissed it as trivial. Recall... When the Kyle R. trial came down to pixels and fed drone video. Interesting. Yeah. Ain't it? Yeah. Well, that's, that, and thanks for the the kind words. The the report from the local NBC station was was interesting, too, because they 
They also covered this discrepancy. The the federal indictment says that police opened the door. San Francisco District Attorney's Court filing says that Paul Pelosi opened the door. You have sources saying they've seen the body cam footage and Paul Pelosi does indeed open the yep. door. And the station doing the investigation says, well, does it really matter? Who really cares? It's not that big of a deal. Number one, it must be because you're looking into it. It is a big deal because Paul answering the door and having a conversation with police implies he's not in distress. So as a yes. matter of fact, it actually does matter. But then you have the secondary component. Why are the feds lying? Mm-hmm. It may seem like a small lie, but they're lying. They're making a claim despite video evidence in a court of law, not just like talking to your friend at the bar. You're making claims that are shown in evidence. So either you're lying or you didn't bother to look at the evidence before bringing an indictment. Take your pick. But those but are they both don't care about lying under oath or, or to any kind of federal regulatory body. Or, they and don't, that's they don't a scandal. Yeah, that's a but it happens all the time. It's not scandalous anymore. Yeah, but that's the problem with our country. <laughs> it should be a scandal. Yeah. It's not. And they're going to yeah. do what they always do, which is drag this into some red tape until people forget about it. I hope we see this footage. I hope that Twitter rumor is correct, but I have my doubts. Not going to happen. Robin D. Banks, let me get this straight. Musk allows everyone but AJ back onto Twitter. Republic takes a house. Eight more names released from the Maxwell trial. And next thing, a dude in Colorado turns fruits into vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I didn't even think of that one, but that, that. I hate myself for not thinking of that. That is so How funny. Dare you. That was very Blondian, Robin. Jeez. Rocky Mountain Monk, happy 80th birthday, Mr. President, wherever it is that you think you are. It, was it today? I thought it was yesterday for some reason, but at this point, I guess it doesn't really matter. 80 years old. <laughs> you want to take she really got you wow injured guardian says why over the last two years or so have several libertarians and other voluntarists been steadily adoring elon musk he has nothing in common with them not even viewpoints it makes no sense uh as someone who i, I mean I, I generally i suppose i like the trajectory of what he's doing with twitter even if i don't like certain moves and as someone who has been um I, i've liked what i've heard from him uh I think it was it's, it's the it's the speech stuff. It's the stuff he was saying about free speech specifically. That's what brought me to Elon Musk and got me on board with this plan. Until then, it's like, yeah, he's a guy who knows about engineering. That seems pretty cool. But I never thought of him as a political figure or really a guy who I thought I shared values with or something like that. Um, I think he lacks courage. That's what that's what concerns me here. He's already doing a tremendous amount of capitulating and he's barely even started. Well, it's now is the time to be like, fuck you. ADL. It, it is very strange. I, I wouldn't say that he lacks courage because he's made moves that other people haven't stepped up to do. But I will agree that there have been opportunities for courage that he hasn't fully delivered on. Correct. Yeah. And and that's frustrating. But maybe the, the Musk believers tell me like they're they're giving me I don't mean to discredit it. But I suppose they're giving me like a variation of trust the plan. Like you have to understand yeah. they're going to be isolated momentary setbacks in pursuit of a bigger good. You're going to have to be patient here. Maybe that's true. I, I still I said from the start, I'm going to allow him to prove it to me in ways he has in ways he has not. But but I suppose for me to say, like, I'm off the train entirely. Fuck this guy. That would probably be too far. So maybe I need to <laughs> relax a little bit. But I uh, but I think stop <laughs> can't believe it got you that bad thank you injured guardian uh nicholas h wrong with me? <laughs> says shalom right back at you yay 
I saw Ye was <laughs> tweeting today. He, he did. He got he he got his back. Yeah. And Elon Musk <laughs> replied to him personally, I believe. Um, Max says, I stayed on a mountain in Italy where people had migrated there originally to escape Romans 400 years ago. I think the government versus people dynamic is a cycle and we'll let the normies ride it out while in our mountains. Well, if that is the, the safe Haven when everything goes horribly and you can find, uh, you can find sanctuary in the mountains. That is a, an abundant resource around here, actually in both of our parts of the country. So plenty of mountainous places to hide. No, it's true. I, ju- I just I resent being inconvenienced in this way because what we believe is just so common sense. Like I, I, well, I hate that I'm viewed as a radical. I'm like, why? Do, why doesn't everybody think like this? I genuinely yeah. don't understand. Max says not to be a doom uh, a doomer. I do feel down, but I am ever curious to see what happens next, and appreciate the commentary from you too. Well, thank you uh, for the perspective and for supporting the show. And I feel like I'm somewhere in between too. My optimism has certainly taken has been taken down a few notches over the last month or so in particular. But as we talked about last week, I'm not going to let these people uh, have ownership of my mindset. I'm not going to surrender my day-to-day enjoyment to them. And I, and I, as a similar value, I never want to surrender unless someone takes it from me by force, my own curiosity, my own commitment to the search for the truth. If I surrender that and just say, well, I've lost my appetite for the search for what is true. Well, what's the point of every individual day at that point? So yeah, that's true. Thank you, Max. I appreciate the encouragement as well. And, uh, and the support for the show. AP says, Jason, David, Frank, the original green power ranger, uh, took, I assume his life yesterday. It makes me sad. Met him one time when he was a super cool dude, even a Christian with a tattoo that says Jesus didn't tap. Uh, that is news to me. Of course, I'm very sad to hear it. If that is the case, I'm looking it up right now. He did indeed die. Uh, yeah. Died by suicide yesterday at 49. Oh Lord. That is very unfortunate. Uh, thank you AP. That's news to me and, and I'm sorry to hear it. Uh, thanks for supporting the show. Boogeyman nine one seven says, wishing you both a happy Thanksgiving. Cheers. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Boogeyman. Appreciate you. Do you want to take a couple more and then we'll get back into the news? Oh, sure. I thought that we were going to stop, so I don't know where we are. Uh, Oh, uh, I left off at uh, Boogeyman. Let me see. Uh, Logan Orr, normally I'm making fun of small hats. Tonight, though, I'm making, uh, I'm asking for prayers for the victims of the Colorado Springs bar shooting. I picked up my friend from there less than 10 minutes before the shooting. Whoa, really? Yikes. Is that true? My God. Well, you, I mean, not only is your friend very lucky to have you as a friend, but you're very lucky to uh, to be unscathed yourself. That is crazy. I, uh, I know. All the best to you, Logan. And of course, if you learn any more about what happened here, I would uh, appreciate some any knowledge that you'd be willing to send my way. And uh, all the best to you and your friend. Happy Thanksgiving. Pathetic, disrespectful of that woke daughter's eulogy at her father's funeral service. I've really come to the conclusion that those against Meg are not only against Trump, but America in general. Yes, that was terrible. I think that she's going to feel guilty about that later. I only saw the tweets and the headlines. So this is like some she looked like she was black, right? There's a she had to be half black, right? And her dad is like some white Trump guy and he died. And she gave a speech at the funeral, ripping her dad as some kind of racist of a bygone era or yeah, something I think some people cheered how could he be did she call him racist yeah but she's that's her biological dad or even yeah. if they're if she's adopted like at a minimum he likes to bang black chicks right? 
I, I should probably refrain from commentary since I haven't seen the thing in full. But like, how racist can you really be if you're banging black chicks? Well, if it is what it appears to be, and it's um, and again, it's a betrayal of family over politics. We are seeing, I think, the sort of inversion of the hierarchy of values once again. You know, it's not that there aren't certain truths and certain values that would lead you to sever family ties ever. I think there certainly are, but. Your family member simply having a view that's different from you. Uh, that, I don't know, man. You start hacking up family because of different views. I think that's uh, that one's on you. That's not on your your family member for having a bad opinion. So long as they're not trying yeah. to force it on you. And usually when you hate your parents, it's really because you hate yourself, isn't it? Well, we all come to be our parents eventually. I wouldn't say that that's I true. have. I wouldn't say that I have. I. I I've never hated my parents. That's never been a thing in my life. But when you're young and you feel like, oh, my parents don't get it. I'm going to go out in the world and show them. I didn't really feel that way either. But you know what I mean? You're trying to like branch off from your parents because your parents are they're 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 old and set in their ways or whatever. And then the older you get, the more you become them. And in various ways that both I see and my wife sees, uh, I become my dad every single day. Does he take so, a 30 minute nap at 5 p.m. every day? No, my time is three. His might be five. <laughs> my time is three. I don't know my dad's napping um, schedule. I'll have to <laughs> ask him. Max, typo. That that home was over 400 years old. Roman shenanigans predated that. Okay. I was ah. going to say something, but then I was like, I don't want to be a dick. I, well, I um, should have caught the timeline. Thank you for the correction. Let's circle back. Okay. Thank you, guys. Appreciate uh, your support for the show. We will come back to your chats at the end of the stream. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you for now. Let's get back into national politics. So the, the only significant achievement as we were discussing before the break uh, for the midterms was the bare minimum expectation for Republicans. And that is the ousting of Nancy Pelosi as speaker of the house. Nancy Pelosi on Thursday decided to go one step better and resign from party leadership altogether. She will remain in Congress, of course, but, um, but she won't even be minority leader here is her announcement. This I will continue to do as a member of the House, speaking for the people of San Francisco, serving the great state of California, and defending our Constitution. And with great confidence in our caucus, I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership in the next Congress. For me, the hours come for a new generation to lead the Democratic caucus that I so deeply respect. Oh my God, she's so old. How is this just happening now? She is over 80 herself. She's older yeah, she, than Joe Biden. That's how old she is. She looks 740. Well, now that she has lost her old job, Nancy plans to return to San Francisco as a trans person in order to cash in on this new program. That the looks pay, like you in drag. <laughs> kind of, I guess. The pay is nearly as lucrative as insider trading, apparently. <laughs> All the best to the former speaker in her new endeavors. The most likely candidate to replace her, as I mentioned briefly in what I posted yesterday, Hakeem Jeffries of New York, um, a man of at least comparable qualifications of crazy. So I don't think much ideologically will change. In fact, ideologically, it might actually get worse. Remember, in many ways, Nancy Pelosi was moderate relative to <laughs> like the AOCs of the world. She, she tempered their worst inclinations. But 
I think you're going to get someone of at least ideological similarity to Nancy Pelosi and Hakeem Jeffries. But perhaps the effectiveness of Democrat Party leadership will be reduced. Which would be a welcome change if they're at least a few degrees more incompetent. That also helps. House Republicans, uh, of course, are are in the, the fight right now is for who's going to be speaker. And it's as of now, as far as I've seen, still not clear that Kevin McCarthy has gathered sufficient votes to do that. I think he has two absolute no's and he can only afford to lose like three unless he somehow gains Democrat votes. But that has yet to be resolved. While that is getting resolved, Republicans are already starting with an investigation of their own. This week, Republicans on the House Oversight Committee announced they will be investigating Hunter Biden, but specifically the connection between Hunter Biden's business dealings and his dad, the president of the United States, and whether there are corruption, national security, or even criminal implications. Here is uh, Oversight Committee ranking member James Comer describing that investigation now in progress. This evidence raises troubling questions about whether President Biden is a national security risk and about whether he is compromised by foreign governments. The Biden administration has answered none of our requests for information regarding the Biden family or the financial transactions they engaged in. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, the president of the United States, and why he lied to the American people about his knowledge and participation in his family's international business schemes. Does that do anything for you? The old Hunter Biden investigation? What what's what is going to come of this? Well, recall is Joe Biden going to be implicated meaningfully and something's going to happen to him because I really don't give a shit about Hunter Biden. It's the thing that's frustrating, though, is uh, and and obviously I'm not going to say I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's there's nothing to find here. I believe there is plenty of corruption to find here. But as a matter of actionable law, let's say you do get the smoking gun. And frankly, there are smoking guns already out there. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know that you have to. It doesn't require a lot of skill to do this investigation. A lot of it has been uncovered sometimes years ago. But even if you find the Sam Harris proverbial bodies in the basement of Joe Biden, zero percent chance there will be a successful impeachment in this Congress. Not going to happen. There's plenty of merit to learning the truth, I suppose. I'm not saying it's way off, but just if, if you're serious about criminal justice, It won't happen through this investigation. And uh, as a reminder, there is a a criminal justice investigation by the Justice Department into Hunter Biden for lying about his drug use on a gun purchase form, as well as tax crimes. We talked about that last month. A grand jury has been hearing testimony in that case in recent months. Curiously, though, no special counsel in that (laughs) case. For some reason, that one is not sufficiently political, according to moderate by the book, not at all political attorney general Merrick Garland. So that will be uh, the focus for Republicans for the time being is uh, digging into the Hunter Biden corruption angle. Now, we've seen many takes to explain the lackluster performance for Republicans in the midterms. It's Trump's fault for endorsing crappy candidates it's McConnell's fault for not funding those candidates. It's the Supreme- this was novel. I'll give him that. <laughs> this this one is excellent. It's everyone's fault. Supreme Court's fault for Roe v. Wade and Lindsey Graham's fault for trying to nationalize abortion. I, I think all of those have some plausible explanatory value. I'm not dismissing all of them, uh, but this is by far the dumbest midterm take 
I've I've seen. <laughs> I've, I've heard yet. And it comes from certified expert scientist Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> who advocated yep. a very uh, or or advanced, I suppose, advanced a very scientific analysis, claiming to show that Republicans were more vaccine hesitant. Therefore, more of them died. Therefore, there were fewer of them to vote. So Republican vaccine hesitancy may have cost Republicans the close midterm races. And you click on his link and it's this bizarre three paragraph post on something called political wire. And the idea here is that somehow there's some study out there that Republicans accounted for 80 percent more of the excess coronavirus deaths than Democrats. So just take one example. This three paragraph write up says between January 2021 and this month, which would be currently November, 9,400 people in Nevada died of coronavirus. The data suggests that the majority of these people would have been Republican voters. Keep that number in mind. So your number is 9,400. Now, granted, the, the Nevada Senate election was uh, the difference was about 9,000 votes. So that's ballpark. But read that again. Uh, findings suggest. No, wait, what was the language here? Republicans. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The data suggests that the majority of these people would have been Republican voters. So <laughs> we don't even know that they are. We don't know that they would have voted. It's of course possible. People change their minds. There of are course. all sorts of yeah. assumptions here for this to be, for this to matter in the case of say, uh, first of all, in the governor's uh, race in Nevada, it wouldn't have mattered. The Republican ran won that outright in the Senate race for this to have mattered. Effectively, every single person they're referencing would have had to vote Republican. And there are, uh, there's a whole series of assumptions we'd have to, to reach to, or we'd have to, that would have to prove true for that to be uh, something that would change the outcome of the election. Of course, it's not just political assumptions. We also have to assume who are these people, these 9,400 people who died of, of COVID let's get a breakdown on them. <laughs> yeah, really. Are those people who really would have been a- around uh-huh. in November anyway, or are we talking people who had terminal cancer? We're talking about people with very serious disease. And by the way, no, what else is missing in here? 9,400 people in Nevada died of COVID. How many of them were vaccinated, Neil? Yeah, let's talk about that. Was it zero? I bet it wasn't. And, you know, of course, we need some demographic data here. Like, I need to see how many people, these people are fat, how many smoked. Sure. What was their diet like? What was their family history? What was their cause of death? So he goes from 9,400 people died of corona to... For sure, all of them were Republicans who avoided the vaccine for political reasons. But had they survived by getting vaccinated, they surely would have voted Republican, which would have changed the electoral outcome. That's yeah, this is science. Scientific expert strikes again. My God, you know that he he's he's a smart guy, uh, blinded, blinded by his own biases. Um, But, you know, that he understands that this is not a rigor, rigorous scientific method like he's lying. Some of these people are just stupid, but he's lying. The fact that he shared this link, like just looking at this link aesthetically, it does not look like a a, (laughs) I I shouldn't I I guess I shouldn't rip like the, the optics of the website, but it's a three paragraph post. And I'm supposed to conclude. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's nothing but Republican vaccine deniers who didn't live to vote in a way that would have saved the election for them and also saved their lives by getting vaccinated. You have to be 
it's, it's a very clear indicator of what's driving his mind when he makes this post. Is it really a, a scientific curiosity and skepticism when he looks at information like this? Or is it just a guy who sees what he likes politically, posts it on Twitter and says, I'm a science man, believe me. Well, he's using yeah, he's using his clout to try to influence the masses with things that he he knows to be unprovable at a minimum, but, you know, untrue, likely yeah. untrue. Well, speaking of hilarious takes of the week, it's not directly related to the midterms, and it's actually not from this week. I thought it was, but it's from a little bit earlier. It's from a House hearing on abortion restrictions and bans on September 29th, so a month or so, uh, a month, a month and a half ago. It resurfaced and went viral on Twitter this week, but AOC went after all of us uh, conspiracy theorizing, science denying right wing extremists. And she offered this commentary about how the same people who say COVID is just the flu and January 6th wasn't that bad. Well, they'll now tell you that trans people aren't real. The same folks who tell who tell us and told us that COVID COVID's just a flu, that climate change isn't real, that January 6th was nothing but a tourist visit are the same, are now trying to tell us that transgender people are not real. Now, making this statement even more insane, the full context is she's talking about how trans people theoretically need abortions. Right before her commentary, the doctor that AOC and the rest of the panel are talking to said, quote, men can have pregnancies, especially trans men. Notably, I think this was unscripted, so maybe I, I don't I shouldn't be too harsh, but that's a very way, a very weird way of phrasing it, especially but not exclusively trans men. In other words, non trans men can get pregnant as in regular men can get My pregnant. Face hurts. Okay. Another scientist delivering his expertise. Is that what she was saying for real? She was the context they were discussing is transgender need for abortions. Yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, but but I, this clip is particularly amazing too. I just think it shows how distantly divided we really are, because I would phrase that quote the exact opposite way, in which it it makes way more sense to me. The same people who tell you COVID will cause a severe winter of illness and death, who say climate change is an existential threat, who say January sixth was at least in ways worse than nine eleven, are now telling you that men can be women and women can yep. be men. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes you the crazy one, AOC. That's not the, all of your statements are non-factual. Yeah. And it's it's really bizarre to think that we share a country in which you can flip it and and both sides apparently are persuaded to their to their factual correctness. Now, <laughs> I'd like to believe I'm right on the basis that not especially trans men need abortions, but no men as a biological matter, not an ethical matter or a moral matter, need abortions. But I'm not a science man like Neil deGrasse Tyson or the, <laughs> the doctor that they had talking before this panel. Do you have any uh, thoughts on that? No, I mean, do you think people are, are still listening to him? Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yeah. Uh, Does, maybe, isn't I don't know. is it the Bill Nye effect where he's just rendered himself kind of obsolete in the legitimate scientific community? Although was Bill Nye ever like truly legitimate? Neil deGrasse Tyson was though for a while. Right? I've seen him speak in town here before, like six or seven years ago. He spoke at Montana State and I went and listened. 
And uh, dare I say, it was it was pretty interesting. It wasn't political at all. It was about just scientific oddities of the world and right and things like that. Actually, he kind of the only thing that was political is he kind of went he kind of got uh, critical of the Muslims because he was talking about how the Islamic world had suppressed scientific advancement in many ways while discussing he did discuss how like algebra it algebra originated in the muslim world but then after that it they really you know they really cracked down uh <laughs> so that was kind of political but it was more of like a history thing than uh right a political lecture or maybe it was political and i was just blind to it at the time who knows it's a long time ago <laughs> last uh piece of national politics here before we move on to some other news um We've, of course, been following the legal challenges to Biden's student debt cancellation. That's the wrong story. There we go. But uh, last we spoke about the debt cancellation plan, a federal court halted it entirely. And in a separate case, the uh, a federal appeals court had paused the program pending review. Well, now Biden is looking to reverse that pause on the program, appealing to the Supreme Court to allow the program to go forward while the legal process plays out. So in other words, Biden is asking the Supreme Court to let them cancel the debt while the challenge to the debt cancellation is working its way through the courts. Just let us do it. So that way it's already done by the time it gets to the Supreme Court months from now and you declare it unconstitutional and we say, whoops, sorry, there's no going back now. Now, what will happen here if the the Supreme so if the Supreme Court just says, go fuck yourself, which they might, (laughs) then the program is paused and Biden can't do anything. Or the Supreme Court could agree to hear it purely on that procedural matter, at least as far as I understand, and say they could evaluate only the question of was the appeals court proper to pause the program or not as a procedural mm-hmm. matter. Or if they don't ad- address that, the lawyer for the government is actually asking the Supreme Court to take the case to weigh it on the merits of the dispute and fast track the case for oral argument early next year, as in. Take on the question of whether this program is constitutional, period. Now, I'm very surprised to see, even as a conditional ask, the gov- the the lawyer for the government make that request. This is not a Supreme Court that is going to be friendly to executive or administrative state overreach. See the EPA case over the summer where they said the EPA is going way beyond its legislative authorization. See the eviction moratorium case where they said the CDC went way beyond it's statutory or legislative authorization. So if this gets to the Supreme court to be evaluated on the constitutional question, can Biden just cancel debt without any sort of authorization from Congress? 99% chance the Biden administration loses in this court. And yet they're saying, Hey, if you're not going to resume, then, then, uh, then go ahead and just evaluate the question. Although I guess if, I guess if I'm putting myself in their perspective, if the Supreme Court doesn't, let me think about this. If the justices decline to freeze. So if the justices say that they're not going to unfreeze from the appeals court, then go ahead and just take the question on the merits. Maybe at that point they'd say, well, let's just get it over with because if they don't unfreeze, they can't relieve, relieve the debt anyway, because it's already frozen in court. So maybe they just say, let's, let's, let's settle the matter. I, I guess that kind of makes sense, but be careful what you wish for if you're the government's lawyer, because even if you maybe you lose Roberts, although I don't think so. The EPA case went six, three, I think mm-hmm. I believe it the uh, eviction moratorium stuff was similar. So I don't think you're even going to lose Roberts on this one. 
So we'll we'll keep watching it. Uh, don't plan on getting your debt canceled for Christmas, though. That's what I would say if you were <laughs> if you were hoping for that. Before we get into hoax hate, man, there's so many of these cases I want to discuss, but I guess we'll probably have to get through them sort of quickly. Lots of just crazy crime cases this week, starting with these bizarre University of Idaho murders. What do we know so over the weekend? So weird. I can't believe I was there just hanging out just coincidentally when this was happening. Um, So these four students, um, Ethan Chapman, who is like a big strapping young man and his girlfriend, I think his girlfriend was Zaina Kernodal, uh, Kaylee Goncalves and Madison Mogan. They were all 20, 21 Uh, discovered stabbed to death in their off-campus apartment Sunday morning. Um, One of the other roommates called at noon. The worst part about this case is that all these people that are almost certainly not involved are getting implicated, and I think their lives are going to get ruined. Like, Kaylee was seen at uh, in some in some camera footage getting food right before she was murdered. And people are really trying to destroy some of the men that were in that video footage with her. But I'm sure that they're not going to be going to be implicated. And then one of the girls, maybe that was Madison, like a, a food truck away from their truck. house. They're, they're, are people thinking those guys followed her home or something? That's what they're saying. Um, hmm. But, you know, there's really no evidence. And then uh, Madison and Kaylee called one of their ex-boyfriends like 10 times, just like 10, 15 minutes before they were murdered. And so they're implicating him also, even though there's no evidence that he's connected to the crime. And so I'm really worried that that um, all these people that are not involved are going to get their lives ruined just because of coincidental interaction. Well, that is really weird. So we don't know the, the exact time at which they were killed. So we don't know at what point relative to the killing those calls were placed, right? They think based on autopsy reports that it was like 10, 15 minutes before. Before. Yeah. But, so that wouldn't um, have been, hey, please help me. Someone's in the house and killing people. No, but the yeah. sister said that that uh, her sister would just like call people over and over until they answered. And so it might not have been some unusual thing, but two of the girls called this number several times. I saw a picture of the ex-boyfriend. He looks like such a nerd. Like I would die of shock (laughs) if that guy did it. Um, One of them alleged that they had a stalker that was following them. Um, But yeah, all four students killed in their bed while they were sleeping. Only two of them had defensive wounds, no sexual uh, molestation or anything like that. And, and two trained. other people in the home who are fine, right? Right. But it was kind of a party house and a lot of people had the front door code. And so when they would hear a party and they didn't want to stay up and party, they would just like put their headphones in and, and go in their rooms. There's or no maybe evidence. You're totally the, blackout drunk or something. Or you're like blackout that drunk. Yeah. There's no evidence that the people that were there, um, had any involvement. They didn't even hear all these people getting murdered. I see in the notes, it says police are searching for a military style knife. That's another thing. So they, they came can, out and they said it was a military style what is knife. That? What they, is a military style knife, number one? And number two, how do they How do how they, can they know? Yeah. You might be able to tell like a sword from a pocket knife, but as but far as a specific you know, blade type. Something happened in the autopsy report that led them to believe that a military style knife was used. What Maybe does that mean? Piece, like it has serrations or like, like are we thinking? Like, it's I possible even, that uh, sometimes in frenzied stabbings, a piece of the knife is lost in one of the bodies. Oh, maybe. So it's possible something like that happened, but they haven't found the murder weapon. Anyway, people in town, uh, because one of the chicks was from Coeur d'Alene, the other one was from Rathdrum. People in town are freaking out about this. Yeah, well, it, I don't know much about Moscow, uh, Idaho, 
but I assume it's probably pretty similar to this town, you know, like a, a t- Bozeman's about 50,000 people, college town. We might get a murder a year, maybe, but to they have haven't a, had one since 2015, they haven't, no, had they haven't even murder. had one in town since then. And to have multiple, like a, a multiple murder, a quadruple homicide where yeah. somehow the guy doesn't get caught, identified. And the, the way that this was handled to start where police came out and said, we don't, I mean, they still don't have a suspect either identified or in custody, but they came out and said, but we don't believe there's any threat to the community. And this was some sort of targeted crime of passion. They called it. They also said it might be a burglary gone wrong, but nothing was taken. I mean, these small town well, police are not equipped. Than, I know yeah. they're not equipped to deal with quadruple homicides. Like yeah. this, the, F- get the, the feds FBI. in I there. To, <laughs> I know I was just going to say, I've never said this before. I, the FBI needs to get involved. Nothing um, ever goes wrong when you send the FBI to Idaho. Let's get this cleaned up. Yeah, for real. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, from my many years of true crime experience, it doesn't seem like a random crime to me. Well, and and the photo before we move on, we did mention this on Wednesday and not to be overly grisly, but this does give you some idea of how much blood there must have been. There is a photo from outside the home mm-hmm. that shows blood somehow getting to the home's exterior must have bled through the subfloor or through the wall. It, yeah, it, it is dripping down the foundation of the home coming from the inside. Just think about how much water you'd have to pour on the floor inside of your house to get that to happen or something like that. Jeez, these poor people. So whatever happened uh, is definitely bad news. Uh, Another uh, another case of a, a college killing this week, a shooting of three student football players at the University of Virginia. And as I mentioned, nobody cares anymore because it was, number one, a shooter of color, a number two, who used a handgun. So this is out of the news already. Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. is accused of the three killings. All three victims were uh, current players of the Virginia football team and the suspect briefly played on the team in 2018 witnesses say Jones methodically shot the victims in the head on a bus that had just returned to campus after a field trip late Sunday night. The suspect was arrested 12 hours later, uh, 80 miles away from campus. Two others were injured in the shooting as well. There is still no known motive for the shooting. And while all, all of the, the victims and the shooter were connected to the football team at the University of Virginia. Generally, the shooter's time on the team predated all of these players. They never actually played together. Family members of the shooter say that he was bullied, but they have not specifically described how or by whom or if it was even these players specifically. A witness said that Jones had barely interacted with the victims during the field trip. So apparently the shooter was on the trip itself the whole time but he only shot the victims in the end. Another witness told investigators that right before the shooting, the shooter Jones said something to the effect of you guys are always messing with me. The shooter Jones had been profiled as a model of success in the Richmond times dispatch for overcoming a troubled childhood to earn admission to a prestigious university. But even worse than that, you might say that they didn't have the, the benefit of foresight. They couldn't have known in writing that headline that, of course, he would Ooh. become a killer. Yeah. Least accused. After the shooting, the Washington Post ran the headline, quote, suspected gunman had troubled childhood, but then flourished. So he. Wait, <laughs> he after just, the shooting? This was this was after the shooting. Yeah. 
he uh he he just flourished a little too aggressively is what happened to jog too hard yeah the headline was later changed to suspected university of virginia gunman was scrutinized by threat assessment team for weapon police say okay the uh we we finally have closure in the waukesha parade killer daryl brooks saga he received his sentence this week after all the theatrics in court and all the victim statements. He will now rot in prison for infinite forever terms is the official sentence. Uh, it is actually six life sentences, one for each person he killed without the possibility of parole, plus 17 and a half years for each of the 61 counts of reckless endangerment. So 762 years of additional confinement plus 305 years of additional supervision also 25 years each for this for six hit and run counts so you add it all up and it's six life sentences plus 1200 years combined incarceration and supervision uh, in other words as a listener put it to me uh, he will not be getting out until the next pandemic hits so like at least <laughs> a year from now for sure okay, for Dale right. Brooks justice served <laughs> indeed and speaking of cars of peace I, I'm surprised this isn't more significant. There was another another car of peace in L.A. this week, and the guy has been released now. Yeah, and on some technicality, maybe you can explain it to me. But um, this, okay, he injured 25 people. Nicholas Joseph Gutierrez. He was arrested Wednesday on suspicion of attempted murder of peace officers. He just drove through a large group of recruits um, with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Yeah, they were uh, all out five, on the run, it sounds yeah. like. And there's video of it I've seen, but I can't yeah, play it. Yeah, five critically injured. Um, and then they suggested that this was a deliberate act. Well, they didn't suggest. They outright said, like, this was a deliberate act. He intentionally rammed into the recruits when they were training. Um, and then hours later, Gutierrez was released under a California state law that authorizes law enforcement to release arrestees from custody without first being arraigned if there are insufficient grounds to make a criminal complaint. So I guess there is, there are some questions about defining intent here. Yeah. Um, so Gutierrez arrest was deemed a detention and prosecutors say they have not received a case yet to review. So this is like a technicality. This is a, a criminal defense attorney. She says maybe in the eyes of the public, it seems like, Oh my God, if this person got out, uh, it's most likely the fact that DA's office has not been presented with sufficient evidence by the arresting agency to prove specific charges at this moment, but this can change as new evidence is, pre is presented. So he's likely to be rearrested within the next 48 hours. I certainly hope. Um, but charges need to be brought by Friday. Yeah. It sounds like, the 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 difficulty with intent here is you want to get him on the most serious charge that you can, but the most serious charges carry intent components, which they haven't mm -hmm. been able to demonstrate yet. You could also bring a lower charge absent intent, but according to this story, he could apparently exercise his right to... There's some kind of right where he can get that adjudicated immediately and you would forego more serious charges later. So... Right. The so they're worried about bringing, hammering down the intent. Yeah. Right. Like you want to get him as high as you can without overcharging, because if you overcharge and you can't prove the necessary intent element or whatever it may be, well, then he goes free anyway. Right. So yeah. I hope I hope that's what's going on here. And it's not just a case of a classic California, uh, you know, release of a dangerous person back onto the streets and they're actually going to go get this guy. But 
as of now, he ran over some 25 sheriff's recruits. 25 of them, yeah. And uh, is out, uh, is out uh, from, he's not, he's not in custody at the moment. Mm-mm. Well, we're still awaiting what's going to happen with Alec Baldwin, if anything. And with every day that goes by, the likelihood of nothing increases. <laughs> There's, uh, per a, a FOIA request, there's hundreds of pages of documents from the New Mexico Sheriff's Office investigation that have been released. Notably, Alec Baldwin was texting Helena Hutchins, the woman he shot, uh, her, her husband. husband, talking about a sabotage theory of the case. Yeah, so this was um two days after he shot her. He texted Matt Hutchins. Quote, important for you to keep in mind, the Santa Fe Sheriff's Office may lack both the skill and the will to properly investigate the sabotage angle. I'm told their agenda is to write off as an accident and throw it to the civil courts. And yet, the more that is presented to me about certain anomalies on that day, the more open-minded I become. I dismiss the sabotage claim initially, but not now. I hope these NM, New Mexico sheriffs, I presume, have the sense to follow it through. It is astonishing denial that that he would text the woman's husband that that he just shot and killed. Yeah, so this is not just uh, some kind of negligence on the part of the prop people he's now suing. At least immediately afterward, he was alleging someone actively tried to get him and Helena. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. You wonder if he still believes in that theory or if that was just momentary. Well, I mean, I'd want to lie to myself, too. I'm sure it is very tough to process. I, I don't doubt that at all, but I have my disputes with how he has chosen to process it nonetheless. All right. You ready for some hoax hate? Always. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? You know, you've said in recent weeks you're looking for higher effort. This isn't quite an original. We have, in fact, seen people burn down their own stuff in pursuit of hoax hate credibility. Uh, so I wouldn't say it's it's an original, but it's effort, man. Uh, so perhaps he deserves some some credit. The black and gay owner of Roland Roots Vegan Food Truck in San Diego, Avante Hartsfield, has been charged with fraud, arson, and more after investigators determined he intentionally set fire to his food truck himself, framed it as a hate crime, and collected six figures worth of GoFundMe sympathy bucks. Ooh, I like it. More than a year after Avante Hartsfield's Rolling Roots food truck caught fire, the small business owner is now facing arson and fraud allegations. According to a criminal complaint filed against him, the popular San Diego businessman is accused of maliciously setting fire to the truck and then scamming more than 2,000 people who donated to help his business bounce back. This is CBS 8 video of Hartsfield last year following the fire and vandalism at his other business that he was preparing to open as a pizzeria, which he claims had its window smashed and had been vandalized with graffiti. At the time, he called it a series of hate crimes directed at him and his business. We later covered the outpouring of community support that followed, including when Saquon tribal officials donated $20,000. Saquon has found a perfect opportunity to step in and help support him. Hartsfield raised more than $102,000 in GoFundMe donations from local San Diegans and others. Okay, all right, good. Good for you, dude. Good for you. 
I love the headline in the San Diego Union Tribune. Uh, Tribune Businessman who lost vegan food truck to fire. <laughs> charged with arson. How did he lose the vegan food truck yeah. to fire? And why is he charged with arson? He burned <laughs> his own truck down would be another way of phrasing that. But okay. You almost have to hand it to somebody that like really has the follow through. Yeah. You've got the minority credit. You have a failing business because you're a vegan and that's weird. It's like you just... <laughs> Just just do the thing. Well, he really cashed in. This has been an ongoing How enterprise for him. So it's it's across several several uh, different pieces, every several different hoaxes here. So it's not just limited to this one particular food truck fire. He also had his pizzeria, as mentioned in the story, that was vandalized and lit on fire. He collected cash on that one, too, though. I'm not sure exactly how much. But he also uh, at one point put a noose inside of his food truck and said that he had found that. I don't know if he earned cash on that one. And then not only did he get the $100,000 or so in GoFundMe sympathy bucks, but he also received a $25,000 grant from a nonprofit partnership of Guy Fieri and the California Restaurant Association. So minimum like 125 k this guy has cashed in on from his hoax hate career, which is a pretty good haul. Plus, by the way, the insurance payment. He also, part of the the complaint against him is insurance fraud. He tried to claim, he make a claim on his fire and other losses when in fact he did them himself. At least that right. is the allegation of prosecutors. But Hartsfield is maintaining his innocence. He does face up to seven years in prison if convicted on the charges, by the way. But, but he said outside the courtroom Quote, the police failed to investigate the case fully. And he says that they zeroed in on him without looking at other suspects. He maintains that someone targeted his business. Quote, they only investigated me. He said, I guess we get to expose the system at this point. So I'm excited for that opportunity. He's going to expose the corrupt investigators and corrupt prosecutors who are clearly in on it with the vandals and the racists and the Klansmen who keep burning down his property. Man, by the way, GoFundMe is saying that they will process refunds for anyone who donated. And in an interesting twist in this particular case, GoFundMe got duped themselves. GoFundMe, the company gave him 750 bucks. What? GoFundMe got scammed. That's high effort, high return. You were asking for it. I think this guy. I finally got it. I like it. He heated the call. This is not hoax, uh, hoax, hate crime, but it's hoax, hate adjacent, or at least improperly perceived hate. Can I call it that? Yeah. Former alleged first lady, former first alleged lady. Maybe I want to phrase it that way. Michael Robinson, otherwise (laughs) known to many as Michelle Obama, has a new book out called The Light We Carry. Also, The Giant Swinging Dick We Carry. At an event (laughs) to promote this book with Ellen DeGeneres, Obama described how she kept her hair straight during her husband's presidency because she believed Americans weren't ready to see her natural oh, hair Lord. in braids. As black women, we deal with it. The whole thing about, do you show up with your natural hair? You know, um, braids, y'all. <laughs> as first lady, I did not wear braids for as black. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, we got to ease up on the people. You know, it's just like, because I thought about it. I was like, it would be easier. 
Nope, nope, they're not ready. And the former first lady says that she kept her hair straight so her husband's administration could focus on other issues and not her hair. No, I completely Dude, forgot. Tell me more about how you were discriminated against as first lady of the United <laughs> States. Like, when are these people going to stop? Most beloved woman possibly in the world, second maybe to Oprah at the time. And by the way, her I don't know what the polling says, but she is still widely viewed positively. So the idea that this country was going to vote for her president, a black man to be president. But no, we draw the line at seeing frizzy black woman hair. We won't put up with that. And nobody even told her this. When I first heard this, I thought she meant staff told her that. Oh, they're not ready for that. No, no, she's just anything. She's talking about like doing her own hair in front of the mirror and realizing that the American people aren't ready for it. That's your own perception after people voted for you in the millions and donated millions to your husband's campaign. But she still perceives everyone as racist, even though she's for sure one of the most privileged, powerful people on the face of the earth. Yeah. Not just presently, but ever. Not enough. And I just realized watching that, I forgot. That was Ellen DeGeneres sitting there with her. The famous clip of whatever swinging around in her pants dancing is on Ellen's show. Ellen has been a big part of all of these Michelle Obama controversies. She has, yeah. And of course, Michelle revived the old uh, tan suit line about her husband, Barack. She said she didn't want to wear her hair in a natural way because, quote, they tripped out when Barack wore a tan suit. The great indignity, the scandal of the Obama administration. So not fast and furious, not droning an American citizen to death, not. Do you even remember this? Lie, the tan suit bull is the only scandal of the Obama presidency, not lying about keeping your health insurance, not Benghazi. None of that. It was the he wore a tan suit once. I have no the, memory of of this. That was the only thing. He wore a tan suit once and imagine if he dared wear a tan suit with his wife having braided hair at the time. It would have been a racial reckoning in this country. It would have been it would have been a, it would have been a, a massacre. All the Klansmen would have come out and burnt everything down. All right. Anything else before the movie review? Mm, nope. Let's get into it. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is Kevin Costner's 1990 epic western Dances with Wolves, in which a Civil War weary soldier heads to the frontier to find his post abandoned. So he flips teams and becomes a Rachel Dolezal of the Indians by marrying the actual Rachel Dolezal of the Indians. From movie picker Tom N. Starring and directed by Kevin Costner, Dances with Wolves is a must-watch for anyone who likes movies about the Wild West and the relationships both good and bad between settlers and Native Americans. It has beautiful scenery shot on the American plains and an amazing soundtrack. As always, your review and your rating. Oh, God, I was watching this movie and I was like, I wish this was Last of the Mohicans, an infinitely superior film with a love story that I care about. I hated this movie so much. Okay, where do I even start? I know it was it was an American epic. So the three hours and everything terrible acting by Kevin, Kevin Costner, just 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 terrible. But what I hated most about this was this 
these anti-white themes throughout the movie. I I found them just intolerable. And and then the the the, the mythical history that like the Sioux um, were this peaceful tribe. They weren't. They were raping and pillaging and slaughtering, just like the Pawnee, just like every other tribe. It's so retarded. Like like they're gonna take some young girl and uh, like like take her into the tribe. Some young white girl. It, the whole thing is preposterous. And then and then the idea that Kevin Costner could just like turn into an Indian and be accepted by the tribe. Fucking stupid. The whole thing was so stupid. And I'm supposed to be so jazzed that he turns on his people and then he he murders all these Union soldiers, betrays his brethren. Uh, awesome. Nice going. I'm really rooting for you, Kevin Costner. But the worst part about this movie, they have got to stop casting. And I know this was made forever ago. These unattractive older women as the love interest this chick this this woman whose eyes were so close together that's her indian name uh, <laughs> okay um she's like four years older than kevin costner like no one wants to hit that stop doing this they did it in die hard cast a woman that is 15 years younger than the hey, man. man if you're out there on the dakota prairie you'll make some concessions Honestly, I would have rather seen him miscegenate with like some 18 year old hot Indian chick. I'm like this chick. Are you fucking serious? I hated this so much. I know everybody loves this movie, but. But um, Last of the Mohicans is just so infinitely superior, and I know that it didn't even get nominated for an Academy Award. I think this won best picture. It did. This yeah. Piece of shit movie. One out of five, fight me. I don't care. The one, dropping the one hammer. Okay. I do have some points of agreement. Uh, not in full. Well, I guess I shouldn't show my hand. Do you care to make a prediction about my perception? Well, based on your facial expressions, I'd say you liked it. Yes. P- overall positive, although I do share how? some pieces. Tell me how, some Tell me how you so, possibly like this movie. So first of all, um, I, I I agree that the relationship between the Sioux and the Pawnee might be historically inaccurate, and there are some historian disputes of that. But I didn't necessarily take it as it has to be a, a literally accurate depiction between those two tribes. Specifically, what I appreciated, I actually thought, with the exception of the end, when it, I, I do think it got kind of white devilly toward the end, like look at all these bad white people. But and in they the were early, all hicks too. But in the early part of the movie. The Indians were quite hostile. The Sioux weren't necessarily attacking people in the same way that the Pawnee did, but the way they sat around uh, at their tribal council thing and described the whites as a poor race and kind of went after Kevin Costner, uh, wind in his hair is like, get the hell out of here. You see me? I'm not scared of you. It was it was Costner's goodwill that and kicking birds as well that made that relationship possible. But what I liked was the fact that it showed that to the Sioux who at least for the way I'm processing this movie could be a stand in for any Indian tribe. Really? They had an equal threat from white people and Indians alike. In fact, in this case, a a more significant threat from the Indians. And I appreciated that really everybody was kind of an enemy and a friend at different points throughout. And I wish it wouldn't have gone quite as hard on the white devil stuff. Once the army arrived, I agree with you that it went a little haywire there. But but overall, I actually thought that it it played the it presented the politics of uh, of the West pretty fairly, and I appreciated that. I also appreciated a high effort for authenticity. Now, normally, I uh, I hate subtitled movies, <laughs> as I constantly complain about. In this case, though, they did actually bring in a Lakota professor to uh, to coach the actors in the language. 
I appreciated that it presented a piece of American history from a perspective that up until this point hadn't really been done. And there was a, a high effort to do that. So I appreciate that as always. Um, this is the sort of movie that I need to see right now where my spirits are down because I think everything sucks and we're in a, a, a point of significant struggle right now, which I think in many ways we are. But then I'm reminded what it's like to just go out into the unsettled Dakota Prairie with nothing and see how difficult it is just to survive. But also when you have hostile warrior Indians watching you and potentially coming to kill you at any point in time, I just appreciate those perspective, those reminders of perspective that we should always qualify our complaints uh, with uh, retrospect and respect for the people who built what we have today. Now, the only other, the other thing I'll say positively uh, the the Yellowstone influence and the tributes are really cool. Actually, I thought the the buffalo hunt scene in 1883 is nearly identical to the dances with wolves scene, and that's love not 1883. That's not a mistake. Uh, that's clearly intentional. I, loving Yellowstone the way I do and seeing Kevin Costner in this setting, uh, and and Kicking Bird. Kicking Bird returns in 1883 as Spotted Eagle, the crow man who guides J.D. Dutton to spoiler alert about 1883. Here's your one chance. Look away. Turn off your speaker. But he guides uh, Spotted Eagle guides J.D. Dutton to Elsa's gravesite in the future home of the Dutton Ranch after Elsa is mortally wounded by the Lakota. In that case, he's a he's a crow this time. Um, but watching this, I halfway expected to see like Kevin Costner as John Dunbar yeah. run into J.D. Dutton from 1883 oh, and the no, Spider-Man yeah. pointed at each other and was like, actually, I'm your great, great grandpa <laughs> somehow. So I just appreciated the kind of the way that that dances with wolves is somewhat interwoven with a TV show that I, I really enjoy as well. Now, I do have gripes. So here you go. I'm surprised you didn't make this point, but I, I'm sure you agree. If there's anything more annoying than a movie that's too long, it's listening to me and both of us bitch about movies that are too long at similar length. I, I, I understand that. Dances with Wolves is too long. Yeah. Uh, I get that there's this recurring theme of Dunbar sacrificing himself. A lot of the Civil War lead up to me is kind of minimally relevant. I thought that could have been cut down. Just get to the point of the movie, which is the West. I get that the struggle of communication is a theme of the movie, but I don't need to see 10 minutes of charades just to learn that oh. her name is stands with a fist. Like I, I totally get, forgot. She yeah. was, um, she was taken when she was seven. She wouldn't totally learn how to speak English or forget how to speak English. It, I assume the premises, it had been 20, 30 years, something like that. So what? Yeah. That whole thing was retarded. Like her um, trying to figure out how to say basic stuff. Like a lot of Westerns, it spends a lot of time admiring landscapes. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I've seen the Dakota Prairie when it's sunny, when it's raining, when the sun rises, when the sun sets. I get it. I understand the setting. Move along here. Um, I thought the ending was somewhat unsatisfying. I get we're supposed to think that Dunbar sacrificed himself for the betterment of the tribe. And that makes sense, I guess. But there were, uh, I would have liked to see what that sacrifice actually earned. At one point, he talks about how he and his wife are trying to have a baby. That really goes nowhere. We don't know what happened to him. Did he get recaptured by the army? Did he build a new life with his skills away from everything? It would have taken like two minutes to at least show something. And I know, we, didn't we had get to stick that. around for three hours anyway. I thought the 80s feathered hair was hilarious. <laughs> like their wedding looked like it was some kind of impromptu metal wedding. 
And I'm just wondering who is the Indian, who is the Sioux salon worker who put together these hairstyles? Like as the movie goes on, Kevin Costner's hair gets more primped and stylized. And uh, that makes me laugh. And I know this is completely insignificant and unrelated to the content of the movie, but I thought it was funny or worth discussing. Anyway, the original poster or cover art for this movie is so bad. Let me see. I'm surprised anyone even went to see this movie. It's a crappy image, foggy image of Buffalo. You can barely even tell that they're there. And then there's just a really weirdly cropped image of Kevin Costner's face that doesn't even look like Dunbar. It's among the worst movie art I've ever seen. Now they later updated it. As you can see, like the, I think the header image that I used here. Yeah, that's great. That perfectly represents the movie. And it's a compelling image from a compelling landscape that we see throughout. But someone should have been fired for this original cover. Like that, that's. Oh, also, you know, that wasn't even a wolf. Uh, probably X percent wolf or something like that is usually I'm pretty what they sure like it was a Hollywood. coyote. I'm not, I don't think it was a wolf. Nah, that's too big for a coyote. Really? But well, was I guess it- it's hard to tell perspective, but I, I do know in Hollywood, uh, at least, um, well, uh, when my wife was working there, they, she said that they had like X percent dogs who wolf are X dog. percent wolf and look mostly oh. wolf is how it usually is. But I don't know what this dog was. Dumb. Anyway. <laughs> I, I don't think it was dumb. I actually quite liked it. So I gave it a four. Yeah. What? Pretty good. Pretty good. What did you give Last of the Mohicans? Two, because that movie sucks I ass. I burn your house down. That Are you serious? That movie was so bad. Last of the Mohicans is so much worse than Dances with Wolves. They're not even in the same league. Uh, I've just explained. Insane. I've just explained I, my reasoning. Nope, I quit. I quit this podcast. I'm done. I quit. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. At um, least tell me that you think that, um, what was her name? The chick, the interest in. Um, she was also not attractive. She was more attractive than this chick, though, right? That's uh, like flip a coin, man. I don't really Are care. you serious? They're not. They're not that's not uh I, I don't know what you're like are you really supposed to put like a super hot chick out uh, out living with the Indians? That itself would be kind of silly anyway. That, yeah. that, um. Oh my God. I just forgot the name of this movie. What is wrong with me? Dances with wolves. No other one. Oh, last, the one you Bless love. The one we could, <laughs> you can't even what is her name? name? Uh, Natalie. Uh, Frumpy McGee. Last something like that. Mohicans cast Natalie something or another. Madeline Stowe. That's her name. Smoke show. Okay. The, uh, the early vote people are in agreement with me for wikis. Is the prevailing early vote, but uh, a lot of people giving it a three as well. But the ones and twos are very low, so more positivity than than hate for this movie in the early audience reaction. Next week, uh, another classic movie. So your call, uh, well, the the voters are listening to your call for classic movies in combination with Tom's nominations, I suppose. The Flight of the Phoenix from 1965, the original. In case you're watching along, do not watch the new remake. Okay. But uh, do you know? I don't know anything about this movie. Some sort of plane crash or something. That's all I know. Neither do I. After that, we have a special list for December. Now, I realized too late into November that it makes sense to do Christmas movies for December. I don't know why I didn't think of this, but we should. We've already seen Die Hard, so. Die Hard's off the list. And it is a Christmas movie, as we discussed. At least I think. 
But uh, I realized I didn't have a, a movie picker, so I, I'm bending the rules a little bit for December. I know that I'm bending the rules, but I guess the rules are mine to bend. And we're uh, we're throwing a nod to longtime listener of the show and helpful show contributor in many ways behind the scenes, Michael Schlecht. You can follow him on Twitter using the link in the movie review column. But uh, the other reason we know that he's very wise in his movie selections is because he loves red letter media, just yes. like Blonde. So good picks inbound hey mike the nominations for december the christmas movies that you are able to select from gremlins home alone 2 lost in new york how the grinch stole christmas jingle all the way i don't want to put my thumb on the scale but jingle all the ways doesn't that have mel gibson in it no that's arnold schwarzenegger oh okay yeah krampus the muppet christmas carol national lampoon's christmas vacation office christmas party or of course you can reject the list and vote for a randomly selected top rated movie instead and if michael's list is rejected and we do get a random selection it will be from imdb's top rated christmas movies Ah. so no matter what we are getting in the holiday spirit for the next four weeks after we watch flight of the phoenix next week so prepare yourself and i look forward to some christmas classics and as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next one, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month, the one and only place to do it is my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is com. <laughs> I tried to tee it up for you there, but you're still too pissed off. No, I'm I'm looking at pictures of Madeline Stowe. Like she's right. undeniably beautiful. Let I, me find I, the best one while we get back into our chats. Madeline Stowe Young. Let's let's do that. Let's give her. Well, there. Prime. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna Google her name. No. What no. are you talking about? No, she's got a weird. No, she's too pointy. What is your problem? She's got a weird nose for starters. That is a that is a beautiful woman. No. Live chat. I wouldn't say that she's like awful, but in no way is this woman a looker to me. That is a striking, gorgeous woman. Like uh, 20 year old Madeline Stowe is like a no, like top shelf poon. (laughs) You're out of your mind. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. This is like six tops. Okay. What about what was the other chick's name? Mary McDonald or something. I'm not even saying that she's like some knockout. I just think in context, she doesn't have to be the hottest chick ever. She's like some Indian Maybe captive is the wrong word, but adopted by Indians. My point is that they did they did the same thing in Die Hard where they casted like some woman that wasn't matched to the man that was also four years older. It, it pisses me off. It's like there's an opportunity here to hire some smoke show and instead you hired this. Well, you're going to have to get back at Kevin Costner by watching the newest episode of Yellowstone tonight and then describing how much it sucks the next time we talk. God. All right. Now type in Mary McDonald Young. I'll read some of these. Uh, but I'm not I'm not making the claim that she's some hot chick. I just don't think the the right. I tell you what, I will read some chats. You send me the hottest picture in, in, in the Skype chat. Send me the hottest picture and I will put it up so that everyone can see of Mary McDonald. No, no. Of uh, your your this Madeline, Madeline Stowe? Stowe from. All right. Fine. Yeah. From uh, Last of the Mohicans. OK, where did we leave off? Uh, let me get back into the Boone chat. Doggle was was close bane coof we did a wicked mass we talked about did we do the one about ronna mcdaniel 
Have you seen the one or have you seen the pro Ronna Mc, Ronna McDaniel letter? The Montana GOP chairman and committee woman signed it. Would you be willing to run for the county GOP to make change? Only GOP votes, no moderates needed. I didn't see that uh, they signed on to it. I do. Uh, I know a couple people who are involved with party leadership locally, so perhaps I could exercise some influence there. It is funny to me, though, because the narrative coming out of um, the midterms is all oh, Republicans really sucked because their leadership really sucked. But all the leadership has since been uh, they're, they're being put back into to power. So you have Ronna McDaniel uh, with party leadership. You have Mitch being reelected to lead the Senate Republicans. Kevin McCarthy will probably figure something out in the house and you'll end up with the same leadership team that you had that supposedly failed you in this midterm. So, uh, thanks. Uh, Mr. Masshole Bain Koof with Arizona and Pennsylvania fortified. No Republican is winning the white house. FTX proves the house majority is a joke. Here is to the managed decline. Yes. The decline with speed bumps. (laughs) That's it. Come on. What did, did they was Vaseline rubbed on the camera lens before they took this photo? Hold on. It's old and I had to crop it. Where where did this go? Let me uh You had to crop it. That's a, Hold on. Why won't this Why can't I get? It? All right, read read a few. I'll get this up on the screen. It's going to take Wait, who a was second. the last person you said? Uh Bane Koof. Uh Mortimer Duke. Trump's reinstatement should have been by principle, not public referendum. Agreed. Yeah. Thank Wait, you. was Bain Koof, uh, Apple and Google would ban Twitter if Alex came back? Is that the one you read? Um, No, I it was uh, Arizona Fortified. Arizona and Pennsylvania Fortified. Oh, whoops. I skipped a whole bunch of them. Matt ah. or Robin D. Banks. Matt and I once made love. We got blocked from Trovo for inappropriate behavior before we could finish, then tried to lure us back only to peg us with... In both of our poopers, 0 of 10 would not recommend Robin. Oh, hold on. Sorry, I had you frozen on the screen for a second, but that was the cost of getting this Picture of Madeline once her face up on the screen. The best photo of Madeline Stowe ever taken. <laughs> I just picked a picture where she looked relatively hot and you could see her body. Like the the most okay woman at the bar you might contemplate talking to until literally any other chick walks in. What are your standards <laughs> for beauty? That is a classically she's, beautiful woman. She's fine. I get like, that's fine. But the idea that this is somehow one of the hottest women ever to walk the earth. Come on. So, so pretty. She's perfectly fine. I actually feel bad for her because uh, it, feels, it seems like I'm taking shots at her. And I otherwise wouldn't. I just not saying she's she deserves this podium to which she's being elevated. Who is the hottest woman that has ever walked? What about Grace Kelly? Uh, who is that? Remind me. In rear window, God bless. Oh yeah, she's definitely better. Um, yeah, by a lot. I'm talking like most beautiful woman alive, like ever have to have lived. Um. Hmm. Oh God, so frustrating. I'm gonna have to choose wisely. Well, actually, don't, to beat don't Madeline, say your wife. I my wife is it. the correct answer, but to beat Madeline Stowe, pick out of a hat. <laughs> All right, Robin D. Banks. All right. Drag brunch today for all ages, said the nightclub, obviously trying to get kids to show up. Society isn't made for these shenanigans. And then one day for absolutely no reason at all. I know. Okay, what about 20-year-old Charlize Theron? How do I even spell that? Keep going. 
Uh, Ark says, given what's been happening lately, elections, financial market, global issues, et cetera, do either of you have a final line, Punisher style in the sand? If it's going to pop off, would you want to hit first or have to play defense? I think morally we kind of have to play defense. Wow. I'm surprised you're willing to concede that. Well, you can't just preemptively do this. It, 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 like, it's like January 6th. They'll just dump things on top of you. It's, it's way harder to uh, push the public against you hmm. if they've actually acted first. Um, here's a, I bet we have common ground on this one. Margot Robbie. Yeah, totally. Okay, fair enough. This, this Charlize uh, Theron, uh, ruined by a feminist haircut in recent years, but otherwise I don't necessarily have a problem with her. I'm talking like you haven't heard any words come out of her mouth. She's 20 years old. <laughs> sure. Totally fine. Uh, my wife says it's a hundred percent Margot Robbie. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not Margot even in Robbie's trouble a, for that. Apparently Margot Robbie's a real, real smoke show. Like nine out of 10. Hmm. Yeah. Greg Olson. Do you think the media or left wingers are going to come out calling for the banning of knives after the murder of four university of Idaho students by knife? Maybe only military knives, only assault knives. Didn't you hear? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Behina fam. All the people at the homo club were injured at the Colorado shooting injured in the ass. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> we got to. I just I disavow. This, this shit is. <laughs> Don't get me into a giggle fit. I oh almost ruined God. the show laughing earlier. <laughs> it caught hands. Yesterday was written house day. How did everyone celebrate gay bars, gas stations? Every day can be Rittenhouse Day. Time to give away Blonde's Toy AR. God bless and happy Thanksgiving. That's right. I forgot about that. Do you you still have that toy, right? That has not disappeared? <laughs> Injured in the ass. <laughs> it's funnier the second time even. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Uh, if you can't laugh at shootings, what can you laugh at? A long oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Unbanning Trump on Twitter. What a generous man Elon is. Just in time for Biden's 80th birthday. Happy birthday, dear Joe. Happy birthday, dear come on man uh i look like chet hanks you say what that's what this uh one of these chats said does he uh, really one of these upcoming chats here mike a oh, says this is for matt has anyone told you you look like chet hanks but that well i don't know uh i'm gonna have to get a lot more tats and i'm gonna have to get uh more abdominal definition apparently mm. But kind of, I don't know. I mean, I guess in facial structure, we look sort of similar. Okay. Oh, what about 20-year-old Megan Fox? Before uh, yeah. the plastic surgery. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Conald Peterson. Finally got my 92 Mustang from Texas legally registered in California because it was originally a four-cylinder and was swapped to a V8 20 years ago. I find it nuts that I need more paperwork to drive a car than it does to change gender. <laughs> well, welcome to uh, the current year. I, I feel um, stupid. I forgot that Chet Hanks is Tom Hanks' son, too. Yeah, yeah. How in the hell would a guy who came from Tom Hanks, how would I look like that? And his other son is like really square looking, hmm. right? Uh, Citizen 7. I think Trump will eventually start using Twitter again. He's got 87 million followers there compared to 4 million on Truth Social. It's too good of an opportunity to pass up. That's true. Maybe. I saw people saying on Twitter that he has some sort of financial deal with Truth Social, that maybe there are legal obstacles. But I don't know for sure that that's the case. Uh, 20-year-old Cindy Crawford. Uh, sure. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. 
Bain Koof, Apple and Google would ban Twitter if Alex came back. See, these would they, but you don't know that. I mean, I mean, they might, but it's it's sort of silly because, of course, Alex Jones was on Twitter for the du- most of the duration of its life on the Apple App Store and the Google App Store. And Twitter this might is, be able to withstand that, too. That wouldn't necessarily be a, a death blow. for Twitter. Yeah, there's got to be a way to distribute the app outside of them. And this is my same thing with the same way I think about the advertisers. I get it. You, you at a time when you're bleeding employees, even though that's probably a good thing in some contexts and at a company that's not necessarily financially sound, it's not the wisest or the best move potentially to cause your revenue stream in the form of advertisers to run right now, too. But I, this idea that, say, Apple boss Twitter, uh, Apple bosses Twitter around in this context or the advertisers boss Twitter around. If you make a place that is so that everybody's going to, it's so big and it's so awesome. These people can't deny you. The, I think of the Super Bowl. It's like the do the advertise do the advertisers dictate the content of the Super Bowl or do this, does yeah. the Super Bowl say, fuck you? Do you want an ad or not? We're the Super Bowl and we got a bunch of people behind you who will pay us a bunch of money for that time slot. If you want it, take it. If you don't go away, that's what Twitter has to become. And I know, again, easier said than done. I'm not demanding Elon do that tomorrow. But if you make if you make the place where everyone's hanging out on the Internet to talk, the phones will have a mandate from the consumer to serve that service. The advertisers will go there because they have to because that's where the eyeballs are. If you start like caving to all these pressures and having these people who don't actually have an ownership stake or even a, a user stake in the, in the service. That's just self-defeating build something so awesome. They can't refuse you and yeah. worry about all the other stuff secondary. Cause it is secondary. That's true. Yep. Um, don't day 2k musk and team managed to get a shit ton of bots to self expose through the poll. Try to think of a billionaire genius with bandwidth to run multiple companies. Also liberation can come step by step. I that's hope true. that's true. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Thank you, Donnie. Think, think of something. Says, quick update. I'm now married to my based gay. We've never been happier, but casually watching the mass grooming thing happen is radicalizing us to doomer status. Time to build a homestead, I guess. Shame about the shooting. I don't remember a history on this. Uh, I'm sure we've been told, but but uh, yeah, this... this I, I'm sure you speak for a, a, a wide range of frustration because the the concept on which all of this was sold that I bought into and I would still say is a view that I hold all of the the marriage gay marriage stuff was sold as leave us alone. We just want to have our life when have equal legal status and be left alone to live our life. And I OK, that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. That has morphed into we're going to be in your face to force all of this on you and you better be okay with us forcing this on your kids too. And you see most of that through the lens of social media or through the internet. And I just wonder like how, how fringe is this in the gay community? How representative are these activists? It can't be. It can't be. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I appreciate the pushback against them. I, I, that really realistically, I think that's the only way that this gets defeated is there's some kind of pushback internally because every criticism from outside the community is is called homophobia or bigotry or something there is uh there, what was that gaze against grooming that was a huge account on twitter and that got banned for a while i don't remember that but i i appreciate the fact that you're looking at this with a with a critical eye because it's not just that 
there are large scale immoralities being committed. There are, but they're, they're doing it. These people are doing it, claiming to represent you too. Like as though their actions represent what you and your family have now. And as though you must endorse what they're doing as some extension of what you have. And I just, just, yeah, please keep calling them out. I appreciate that. That's that's got this nonsense has to stop. Uh, I lost my place. Do you want to take over? Or something? Uh, let's Shoot. see. There was bots. Jimny said. Jimny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Never been on the Elon train, but I don't believe for a second that the Trump decision was based on the poll. That's probably true. true. Um, maybe it was a troll thing. I think far more likely it could have been a move to look for bot activity or something. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm sure he was probably set on unbanning Trump regardless of what the poll said. Um, but that said, I just. In the absence of some explanation about the value otherwise, I'm left to believe that there's some underlying truth to a lot of these trolley activities and that it does concern me. Uh, thank you, Jimmy. So, uh, Pep says, my, my, vo- uh, my voiced the words, or maybe that was, uh, there's a typo here. Uh, Do you really need to buy another gun? Is that grounds for divorce? I'm not sure exactly what he means here. Do you follow? Mm-mm, it, mm-mm. If your wife asks you, do you really need to buy another gun? Is that grounds for divorce? I don't know. Or is Pro- buying another gun grounds for divorce? <laughs> Probably not. As someone who would always like to buy another gun, I have had to confront the harsh reality in the last couple of years that in a rough economy with important obligations, I can't make reckless spending uh, choices like that as commonly as I might have when I was a younger man. So, uh, but that's every family should be able to defend itself. Uh, and that's what I always say to my wife when I joke about these things. Well, how are we going to defend ourselves? <laughs> if if yeah. we don't have this particular gun, then how are we going to defend ourselves in the exact scenario that demands that exact firearm? Um, okay. You should have at least one. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then, uh, then it is. If, if you don't have any and your wife rejects the purchase of a gun, then you have grounds for divorce. <laughs> True. N-word, please. Can you explain the backstory for all the faggy Matt and I once made love submissions? What's the joke? Or did Matt really have butt sex with listeners? Well, that really is uh, that is not the case. I can I can assure you that. No, it's um. You're acting queer. It's a a meme born organically from the chat itself, dating back to fittingly, and I kid you not, because I had a show archivist or historian dig into this i believe it (laughs) dates back to episode 69 of all episodes and it just happened in the chat and i as a general rule i don't believe in trying to stop chat trends because the minute you say oh no not that you guys have to stop oh it's horribly embarrassing or whatever well then you get a million more of them so i've really never i've tried not to intervene because i don't want to be heavy-handed certainly with people who decide to support the show because we appreciate the jokes and the support for the show but it has maintained as a trend for nearly 300 episodes now something like 270 episodes that is the origin it is not anything at least as far as i'm aware it's not anything that i said or did it was just a joke about Aside from just generally being gay. Yeah, but it's not like there was some specific episode. Let's see. I have to refresh. Are you able to take over? Sure. Who was the last one? N-word, please. Yeah. 
Esoteric Unbound. And just like that, the story of Nerdy Madoff disappears from public view. Is he being protected because of his thieving on behalf of the Dems? Or is he and his girlfriend, sometime girlfriend, just so unattractive the media can't be bothered? Um, yeah, that disappeared really fast. But it was the it's the donor angle. It's the Ukraine angle. Gotta be. Like, I haven't heard about FTX all week. Nerdy Madoff. I saw one report like on it. the morning news. You know what the scandal was? It was that Tom Brady endorsed them in a commercial. That was the scandal. Who cares? Let's get Tom Brady for this. Okay. Like, he's not going through enough. Uh, Stembin Wellis. Hey, 242 Thought Criminals. Wishing you both a happy Thanksgiving. Just a note, I loved it when Blonde called me a pussy for my principal super <laughs> chat last week. Personal viewer high point. Love you both. I do not remember that. But I have to trust my past self. And if I thought you were being a pussy, you probably were. That is an achievement. So congratulations. And it's of not course, an achievement. Uh, I call people pussies all day long. That's true. I suppose if you just raise your hand, you'll probably get called one. But true. appreciate your support for the show, Stedman, and your Thanks, good spirit about the insult. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Black Magic. I would appreciate it if you could cover the FTX, FTT scandal with SBF without naming those names. <laughs> We have to be considerate of our friends like Rich Mendelson. I don't know what you mean. Susan Bate. Susan Bate, Black Magic. I, I see navigated you. that. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck. More Republicans died so they became eligible to vote Democrat two or three times each. That's true. That's the counter theory. That's probably once you do die, you do vote Democrat. Knuckle. Uh, knuckle. One of these days when we will say the name first try knuckle hunky buck always picking up the jokes that I leave around inexplicably. It's like they're right there. <laughs> and uh, and he's always cleaning them up in expert fashion. Thanks for supporting the show. Um, Waba, those Nevadans who died definitely voted now, if you know what <laughs> I mean. Exactly. Eric Burns Marsh. I'm rather flexible on gender, but if someone has a uterus and wants to use it, that's a woman. I think that's a fair stance. We shouldn't really have to compromise on that point. Thunderstorm to all sides in the Ukraine tonight. Stay warm and safe to the millions of homeless or living in cars. Stay warm and safe. Thank you, Thunderstorm. Uh, Kim, as I reflect on what I'm thankful for this week, my favorite podcast duo and community you've built are high on the list. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. And thank you for the important perspective. It is... uh, it's a discouraging time in many ways, but that is when perspective is all the more important. Remember what you're grateful for. Remember what you're thankful for. Certainly this show I am thankful for, and I am certainly thankful for your support as well. So all the best to you and your family over the holiday, Kim. I hope you're doing well. Um, Kirsten S., uh, astrophysics PhD student here. Neil deGrasse Tyson is still revered in the astrophysics com- uh, physics community because most believe and push the leftist BS he does. Some seminars start with native land acknowledgments. <sighs> oh, how did something so sciencey become infiltrated? You know, I really have to acknowledge after my appreciation of Dances with Wolves that giving all sides a fair shake in the story really led to this bullshit. It was it started with the Lakota transcription in Dances with Wolves, and now here we are with native land acknowledgments some 30 years later. If we would have just never indulged. It wouldn't yeah. have got to this point. It's all your fault, Kevin Costner, Costner and the rest of uh, your production crew. Um, I got to reload. Uh, Al, Sh- Al Sahim. Congrats to the Toronto Argonauts on winning their 18th Grey Cup. The Bills Vikings finish was great, but this was one of the one for the boatmen with Jim Kelly's nephew, Chad, coming off the bench at QB was even better. Pulled together. I didn't even realize the Canadians played football. I forgot all about that. But that uh, congratulations. That's very cool. Uh, actually, I did know that because uh, 
legendary Vikings coach, uh, Bud Grant actually came from a Canadian team in Winnipeg, I think before he coached the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken. Phil says Garfinkel can blather all he wants about public interest, but the more he talks, <laughs> you can't make a Kanye reference. That is also Susan bait. She, uh, forbids such things. Um, that is a reference to Merrick Garland, of course. Mm-hmm. I will not have him defamed on this show. As I said, he is by the book, non-political, moderate attorney general, Merrick Garland. Esoterica Unbound says, Blonde, the value of a House investigation of Hunter isn't to learn whether Joe is corrupt. Uh, Of course he is and nobody cares. The question is that needs answering is what did the FBI know and when did they know it? Yeah. We're never going to find that out. I assume they knew everything from the beginning. I mean. Or even if we do, I suppose maybe maybe you get some uh, tangential accountability, but even that seems overly optimistic. If it's not for if it's not accountability for the president himself, which it won't be impeachment, at least in this case, where we get accountability from some other people. I have to be on an I'll believe it when I see it basis with a lot of these yeah. things, because how many how many investigations against how many investigations by all sides against all sides have amounted to effectively nothing for really the last decade? Yeah. Yep. I wish I maybe this is the one that turns it around. I will happily eat my words if that's the case. Knuckle Hunky Buck says there was some shooting, but he was mostly flourishing. That was the official CNN Chiron. Thank you for that accurate oh, reporting. Okay. Colton Regal says I managed to hold on or hold out until all the li- local liquor. One more time. It's getting late. Bear with me. I managed to hold out until all the local liquor liquor stores closed tonight. I'm sure I'll feel good about it in the morning. Hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. One of the few good things from Lincoln. Does it originate from the Lincoln era? I didn't even know that. Mm, I don't know. Well, there you go. Thanks for the history lesson as well. And happy Thanksgiving. Colton Slosher says, Blonde, you changed my uh, opinion on Dances with Wolves. Uh, Only now I'm afraid to nominate The Last Samurai. Mm, Is that too pro-Japanese? I hope it's pro-Japanese. You want to take over? I have Hillbilly Deluxe next. Uh, sure. Uh, best line of the movie, Sir Knight. I have just pissed in my pants and no one can do anything about it. Yeah, that was the officer who sent him out to the frontier in the first place. Mm -hmm. But he was like, I didn't really understand that character. He was like crazy and then he killed himself. Yeah. But I didn't really get, I get the premise was that nobody knew that Costner was out there. But that character, I didn't really understand what was fully going on. Was he just supposed to be a crazy guy? Somebody knew that he was out there. Right? Well, no, because uh, the officer who sent him out there killed himself. And then the guy who took him out there got killed by the Indians. Yeah, but no one else knew. Remember when he did the order? He's like, you're going to go to Fort Sedgwick or whatever. Oh, yeah. And he, and then just, they, he had to get his journal because his order. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was just like scribbling nonsense. Stebbin, well, speaking of Red Letter Media, I'm getting huge vibes from the always contrarian that Mike is during the best of the worst voting for Matt's reviews. I've never wanted to strangle someone more. Who, Mike or Matt? I wasn't even, I was pro the movie tonight. I wasn't contrarian at all. In fact, if you average out, I I do have some statistical references in the works and I need to crack the whip on myself to make them available through the, the website. But my average score is higher than blondes by like a 10th or a quarter of a point. I believe that. 
Griffnizzle for a Christmas movie list. How the F did he not include Fat Man? Long time listener. He doesn't give Mel Blonde some Mel Bean flick material. <laughs> what? Okay. Thank uh, you. Is that is that a Mel Gibson? Is that what I was thinking of? Uh, <laughs> I knew there was a Mel Gibson Christmas movie. It's just the last phrase there yeah <laughs> why did i say that uh eric burns march i would take a 20 year old natalie portman that's a good one that's true uh yeah 20 year old yeah bill mcpherson military style uh knife or combat knife would be like a k-bar ask your husband the the wound width shape especially at the point will distinguish the blade style most combat knives are six to nine inches long so you definitely would be able to tell from an autopsy then i guess maybe you can tell more than i realize it's not like i've examined a stabbed to death body before so maybe there are more clues than i would imagine thank you Grit for the uh, reference kitty and audrey hepburn is the most beautiful all right that's a good one too um griffin is a look up claire for lonnie meet joe black movie with day and daywar whiskey ads if matt scoffs at that 100 percent fact confirmed <laughs> okay i actually well, then looked this up is... a picture of her and her she's a little too handsome for me uh, yeah, I'm 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 a fag. I got to plead fag I, on this one. Yeah, like she's too pointy in the jaw. That is a man's jawline. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Let me uh, get this up here. What just happened downstairs? Good lord! Did you hear that? Uh, no, I did not. But uh, like, I don't have the most feminine face. But like, when I'm looking at other women for attractiveness, they need to have like a like a nice little dainty like boop, like a little you know. I don't like a woman with like a wide face. Well, jaw. I guess it's confirmed. I plead fag. Hillbilly Deluxe. Totally <laughs> agree you. with Griff Nizzle and replace Cindy Crawford with Claudia Schiffer. All right. That's a good one. Victoria's Secret era. Yeah. Okay. Knuckle Hunky Buck. Matt wants to see internal pushback in the gay community. I suggest <laughs> <laughs> he does a Google search for those exact words. I, I will research heavily on internal pushback within the gay community. As soon as the stream is over, I am very interested in learning more about how this about 20 year old angelina jolie uh i could i could look but when did she have all the work done like you know she's like mostly fake at this point Ooh, yeah the the current pictures are rough man well she's too thin she's an eating disorder i think that's everyone let me reload she looked totally different as a young woman like unrecognizably different but yeah, she's fine. Oh, we have a few more. Eric Burns Marsh. All these people who want land acknowledgement should be given smallpox blankets. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm with you there. Um, and Turin 357. As the show archivist, Matt has asked me to explore his gayness. And boy, did I take that the wrong way. Matt thought I was Dances with Wolves. But I found him to be last of the most stinkins. <laughs> take that. Last of the most stinkins. Absolutely. Absolutely crushing insult thank you turin appreciate it matt and tina says nastasia kinski is that a real name it looks like nasty kinky that's a real person <laughs> it actually does yeah whoa this chick was way fine back in the day whoa wait what is this is this this person looks loosely transgender to me type in young and look at that first picture that chick is a smoke show well, there's like drastic. Okay, fine. Yeah, those are fine. But some of them are they are they newer? Are they more recent? Because yeah, people get old. Yeah, the older look is certainly rough. Okay, what about young Scarlett Johansson? 
Yeah, sure. But she has too many lesbian haircuts these days, too. I'm not talking about these days. Yeah. We're talking about the hottest women in the history of mankind in their prime. Yeah, sure. I don't have a problem with that pick. I'm talking about the hottest women alive ever. And you're like, oh, that's fine. I'm saying that's I don't object to that. If someone had that selection, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. Like, that's not an unreasonable preference. Candace Swainpool. Don't know who that is. The chick from Last of the Mohicans is an unreasonable preference, though. That's crazy. Anyway, we've uh, we've said our piece on that topic. Uh, Are we all set for the evening? Looks good on DLive as well. Thank you guys for tuning in over there. And that will do it. Uh, appreciate uh, your time this evening as always. Thanks for your chats. Thanks for your fact checks. Thanks for your jokes. Thanks for tuning in. And of course, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thanks for making this show possible and for keeping it on the air for another year despite the odds to bring you all the important facts of the week plus pointless debates about <laughs> Who is and is not attractive. If you can't get enough, and quite honestly, who can? Uh, There's more to listen to. You can find more listening material on the audio platforms uh, of the show. They're linked in the description, as well as over on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. Look for the podcast page. Speaking of, if you're looking for anything else show-related... Find it over on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it does not meet the press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. No Wednesday show this week. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next weekend.